What's up, Asymmetry listeners? This is Eve. I am the project manager at Mirai. I just took over for Sam. And I am doing this week's intro because this week's podcast is about women in bonsai. So join us with Shelly Swabada, a local practitioner from Corvallis, Oregon, along with Ryan Neal and myself as we talk about some of the disparities we see in gender out of those who choose to study bonsai. This week, we're going to talk about Shelly's early days of bonsai and how she got into it, as well as Ryan's experience with many talented female professionals from around the world. Join us, Asymmetry listeners, as we talk about women in bonsai. Yeah, no, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I can't open, but good. I still got 12 staples in my in my dome. Yeah, I was. I, I looked at it briefly, and I didn't look down. I kind of count it, but there's over 10. There's <laughs> over 10. Yeah. I've put staples in before. I can Have you really? Eight. Yeah, it's been a long, I mean, it's been a long time. Man. Probably since like, well, you know, like medical school. Yeah. Yeah. Neurologists don't put in staples. I was very aware that the staple gun was set up to not go off unpredictably because she had to bear down to get the staple to eject into my skull. And I felt every one of them pretty, pretty violently. But and then and then she kept saying, "Oh wow, you really you really did a number on this because the skin <laughs> the skin is so beat up. I don't know if the staples are going to hold it together." And I was like, <laughs> "Stapling hamburger, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah." Essentially, it was bad. It was bad. But I'm the, here. The the when you drill, there's a drill uh, that was developed for drilling through the skull mm-hmm. for brain surgery, um, and. Uh, there's a kind of brain surgery that uh, I do the programming deep brain stimulator for Parkinson's tremor. Um, and wait, hang uh, on, hang on. Wait, wait, what you have to drill to do what? To put in an electrode oh, into okay. certain structure in the brain. I do the programming. I don't do the surgery, but I've been in the surgeries. And uh, um, remember, this was back in medical school, just when they were first starting to do it. The place where I trained was one of the first places in the world that was doing it and uh neurosurgeon says hey medical student uh, what and he said you want to you want to do the drill and i was like oh, what <laughs> there's uh um uh, it's it as soon as it feels release of the pressure it stops oh i was gonna say it's very how sweet you- yeah it's got this thing and you know it's just like you know when you do a a drill, the kind of drill, you have to press it down before mm-hmm. it'll go. As soon as it feels any kind of relief, uh, release of, of, you know, that resistance, resistance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That res- release of resistance, it'll stop. But I, I was like, medical student, you want to do this? And he always called everybody medical student. And so I was as like, if you didn't have a name. Oh yeah. He didn't bother. So wow. I was holding it and I said, Sounds about uh, right. Hey, attending. Cause that's what the doctors were. Hey, attending. And he goes, what? And I said, can you show me how to do this? And he just looked at me, what'd you call me? And I said, attending, I can't remember your name. <laughs> and he just, cause I started medical school when I was 30 and I was just like, don't give oh, me any yeah. shit. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old. Fuck you. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, cause that was their whole shtick. A lot of times it's like, you know, Socratic kind of questioning to pin you up against a wall till you can't answer them anymore right so it's like yes and you were already at a point where you that was just, you were like not gonna no. engage with that no i'm just done you know interesting wow what yeah. a power struggle medical school must be oh 
Wow. I mean, everything's a power struggle, right? But yeah, it's, there's all of the levels of, you know, medical student. And then, you know, then you go up to the fourth, this third year after you've, you know, progressed past this one test. Mm -hmm. I did teaching one summer to help, you know, the second year students get past this test because sometimes they'll have to repeat. And so there's that level. And then there's intern versus data. And the interns just, you know, the bottom of the pole after you graduate. And then, you know, it's just like that. It just keeps going on. And, you know, some people stay in academics. I was like, yeah. That's uh, awful. Yeah, I'm I'm always amazed at people that stay in academics. I mean, good on them, you know, like that. I, God, I, I respect does. that that's they're passionate about yeah. the learning or teaching process, and you have to have that. But whew, I never, it didn't, no comprende as far as, yeah, you know. It's like, well, it's like teaching, you like teaching on your thing. You don't have anybody, kind of, you don't have all this crap. I mean, right. you have to have, you know, people taking care of finance and blah, blah, blah. But, and I loved teaching. I, I got an award for teaching when I was in my residency. I loved teaching. Nice. But the rest of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it was, so, I mean, it's fun, you know, because, you know, if you're going to teach somebody, you really got to know it, right? Yeah, I know. It's, you a, major, know it's a major it. check. And I like, yeah, it's check to find out if you really know it. And I really liked knowing that I knew stuff. So, I mean, it was fun to share that, but the whole, the whole, the whole hierarchy and stuff. I was really glad to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But all, all, everything's, you know, hierarchy. So, so now, so now, what do you spend the prime, your professional focus now is working with people that are suffering from memory loss? Like, where do you primarily, focus? primarily movement disorders? So okay. I do see people with memory loss, like Alzheimer's and, and such, but uh, my specialty interest uh, is movement disorders. So, um, I have about, I don't know, about 50 deep brain stimulator patients, which is a pretty, pretty, uh, um, so these are people with advanced, um, Parkinson's or essential tremor, uh, that, you know, can't function. And so that these electrodes are put in there to sort of interrupt this oscillation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so you have to, there's like 20,000 different combinations you can do. So it's kind of an art there's a learn huge learning curve but it's also there's a bit of an art mm-hmm. which i hate to say that about medicine that there is kind of you know why I, I you know well it's supposed to be all science but there is something of you know when you're talking to somebody with a movement disorder this i was just talking to sam he was asking me if i was retired how you know blah blah, blah and how this everybody says oh how's this whole thing with covid and i'm like the major th- way it affected me is a like every other clinic, our business was this close from bankruptcy, and you know the loans really helped out because otherwise, yeah. everybody's very surprised to hear that. But if you can't do all the stuff, MRIs and and you know electric surgeries and stuff, all of the things that keep a clinic afloat, you're done. Yeah, hospitals were losing millions a day. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, but uh, otherwise the main thing was nobody wanted to come in, right? So if nobody wants to come in, then you're just sitting there. And then finally we got, you know, telemedicine going. And I hate telemedicine. Yeah. Oh my god. It's awful. You really can't. But the other thing that's awful is everybody's got to wear a mask. 
I can't tell if they're smiling. They can't tell if I'm, it's just, and I've had some people who really needed a good hug, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not supposed to do that. So yeah, it's just sad, man. Yeah. This whole thing is just sad, you know, the connection breakdown, the connection breakdown. Yeah. You know, the economic devastation starts with it and then it's just, yeah, it's all the connection and the touch and, but also, you know, everybody's mad at each other. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You know, and it's just, just be kind. Yeah. You know, yeah. just try and be as kind as you can. You know? so. Man. So are things getting better or? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Don't read the news. <laughs> no, they're saying, yeah, they've just. I've intention. I, I, don't, I don't blame you. You should not, not willingly ignorant, but just got to a point where it's like, it's, it's unproductive. It's, it's unproductive. Sad. Yeah, I mean, mostly I need to know because, you know, how it affects my business, if you will, uh, but, um, and how I counsel patients because they're, you know, what do I do? Yeah. And it's, it's, they're saying this is, it's getting worse than even possibly was before earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's starting to go back up again. Houston and some of the areas, LA's exploded again. So, Hmm. oh, well. Here we are in our in our little pocket of bliss, right? Yeah, as long if if Mariah could stay a place that people could find some reprieve, I would feel like it served its purpose. I guess yeah, you know? I know, I know, and yet you know, it's still no place I is mean, untouched by it, though. No, and and you know, you made the right decision. There's no, I mean. People aren't going to be flying all over, and you don't want people flying in from LA and stuff. I don't want to be encouraging people to be taking that, you know, because I think bonsai people are passionate enough and, you know, probably legitimately crazy enough to sort of throw caution to the wind. And I, I get it. Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm cut off the same block as everybody who's passionate about this art form. Yeah, but I, we had to make that tough choice and continue to have to try and make educated decisions for the team. And it was the right thing. Like, yeah, well, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. It sucks, but it was the right thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just you have people from all over the United States or the world, and they got to fly and they got to stay at the hotel and yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be here wearing a mask in July. I know, right? And, no. And staying as far away from everybody. As I was possible. like, yeah. Well, if you stay away and don't wear a mask, or don't, oh my god, yeah, yeah. It's like I just can't even. But anyway. I mean, are you still passionate about your practice? Not bonsai. Now we're going back to professional. Mm. Um. Huh. I'm 650 days away from retirement, so. Well, you got the numbers. So yeah, that. I've got the numbers. <laughs> so there's Countdown. that. <laughs> the countdown's begun. You know where you know where I'm passionate? Huh. In the room mm. with the patient looking at you, talking yeah. to you. That's where I'm good. That's where I'm passionate about it. Um, and then if I've got a, an interesting case going deep, that's passionate. That being a doc, I'm sure your dad has talked about it, is not, you know, it's about 50% maybe taking care of patients and the rest of it is her dad's an he's not a medical doctor well i thought your dad was a doctor no i mean he's got the doctor title oh but no he's been he's been writing grants for years (laughs) i thought he was a doctor his patients it's 50 percent of it is how dare he how dare he sport the doctor name (laughs) so 
it would be like you have to do everything Liz does. Okay, you didn't have time to. You would have fifty percent of teaching Dude, Shelly, and doing. I get it. it I, I'm paying sucks. bills. I'm running all the cameras. I'm taking pictures for assets. I'm doing all of the stuff. But, but it's awful. That's what I started doing at Mariah. You know, yeah. like when it was yeah. my own thing. It's not like I can't fill in anywhere. But it's become it's become big enough that without the team, I can't, I just can't keep up. It's you're so not, exhausting. But you're not working at your level of training. Sure. You're not, li- you know, yeah. for you to be doing all that crap, you know, all that stuff, you're not living it. You're not working at your level of training. So, you, so doctors shouldn't be clerks. Yeah. And a clerk is very important. And I couldn't do my job without my medical assistant and the front desk and stuff. And we have an amazing team but I shouldn't be figuring out how to build something or code something. Yeah. And this is a complaint from all. It's just, you know, it's what it is. It's, you know, yeah. the whole note that you have to construct, they call it a billing platform with some patient stuff stuck on it. <laughs> it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's absurd to the point of laughter or tears. Yeah. You know? So a lot of docs uh, have over the last 10 years, I know a lot of docs who retired early. Because they're just like it took all the joy out of it. Can't do it. Yeah. So I love that interaction with my patients. I feel really strongly and and I've got a pretty good reputation for that for because if if you don't have that and you're doing movement disorders, I mean you have to be really patient to because somebody with Parkinson's talks really slowly sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you have to really be able to sit there and wait. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I bet they appreciate that. Um, it's, I, I appreciate them allowing me to do that. You uh-huh. know? It's a great partnership. I, I, that my major reason for, I, I, I just worry about, you know, who's going to take over. Cause there's no neurologist. There's no neurologist. Half of them are like, over 50. Like that's not a field that people are pursuing anymore. Mm-mm. What do you want to do when you go into neurology? You want to go deep, right? You want to go deep on some really interesting, um, um, problem, mm-hmm. right? You don't have time to go deep. You know, uh, you'll there's no time. Because you go broke. Kind of you'll go thing. broke. Yeah. You go deep. You'll go broke. Yeah. So the only people who can go deeper in academics, and then we loop back around to that. But academics, you know, they don't make a lot of money. And if you're coming out of medical school with four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, which is kind of the reality now, yeah, that's um, yeah. So hmm. anyway, but I Bleak. I am passionate about certain parts of it. <laughs> Holy shit. (laughs) Are we recording right now? We've been recording this whole time. That's kind of, (laughs) yeah. I was like halfway through the spiel. I was like, I bet this is no, it's fascinating. (laughs) It's really fascinating. I love, I love getting to talk to you, and you and I haven't really gotten to sit down and talk about. I just get hints of because we're so focused on bonsai when you're here. I just get hints of you'll, you'll make a, you know, a kind of a quick-witted one line that associates to what you're doing and has some tie-in to whatever's happening. And it's like, I need to talk with Shelly about this <laughs> because this is interesting. It's, it is really interesting. There's, there's clearly a compatibility with the depth to with which neuroscience appeals to you and the way that you apply yourself to bonsai because you've become so proficient and your skills have grown so fast based on your passion it's yes, been really passion. inspiring to watch. Um, so it is cool to get to sit down and just like hear about this 
I know Shelly, the bonsai practitioner. The 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 newbie bonsai practitioner. But yeah, it is it is the same passion with which when I went to medical school, you know, I was 30 and and I was when I <laughs> I went in to talk to the admissions person because I thought I've got an art degree. Nobody's gonna let me in medical school. So I went into the uh, the admissions officer at University of Kansas because I had a house in Kansas City and I was like, I'm gonna stay in Kansas City and this school has a really good reputation. And she just looked at me and she said, and I was I was working at a blues bar as a cocktail waitress. I was very good at that, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Um, um, I think it was really good training for being a medic, uh, being a doctor, though. <laughs> you know, drunk people, really sick people, mm. um, <laughs> not my, yeah. I mean, really sick people like emergency sick, but, um, anyway, uh, she just looked at me and she said, I don't think that we want, what did she say? I don't think we're looking for any dilettante cocktail waitresses. Oh, wow. And I thought, can I cuss? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because don't tell me I can't do something. Sure. Yeah. You know, it means you were talking, I was, you know, we were talking about women in Baltai and stuff. And I remember something you said, I was listening to the Maria Hadjik thing and something you said, um, oh, you were really angry when you came back from uh, Japan. You said I was really angry mm -hmm. about Japanese bonsai. And I was, and I thought, yeah. And I thought it was, I was thinking about this, um, line uh, uh was this john lyden yeah johnny rotten john lyden was mm -hmm. his real name uh said from sex pistols uh, many many years ago um he said anger is an energy and i was thinking about i was thinking about that when you said that and i thought you know that's not been you know uh that's not been a focus of mine but i can see points in my life where anger was a you know it's like uh-uh no i can do this it mm -hmm. propels you and I kind of think when you said that, I think maybe that was for you, a, how you, it, what propelled you here, do you think? Yeah, I think it was, it was, it was like anger uh, of the level that propels a rocket into space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, I, I virtually didn't sleep. And, I, and the only way that, and honestly, as that anger has subsided and I've dealt with it through counseling and trying to figure it out and get rid of it and and i've run it out long enough that it's no longer an energy that i have and i've come to peace with a lot not all but a lot um i, I have a much more sustainable life now yeah. you know and i don't have that sixth gear that was just being fueled by the the taste that was left in my mouth from that experience yeah i think you're probably right yeah mm -hmm. i've I never mean, thought about that honestly yeah uh but but yeah, always something new. Uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it was. It was indentured servitude. But when you come back and you're just like so rebellious, I mean, it's like with your kids. Your kid's too young, but kids get really angry. That's how they self-individuate. You know, mm -hmm. they individuate from their parents. They're really, hey, you know. Yeah. Um, or we get really angry when somebody tells us we can't do something or when you've just been under the thumb and when you get out from under it, you're like, no, I want to, but I, I mean, when I see what you've done, you turned anger into this really pause. I mean, it took you, you went through a tunnel, but you know, this is pretty positive. All yeah. of this, as I spread my hands out, 
<laughs> for the and listening the audience, is, yes. And the garden is silhouetted in the windows behind you. It's a perfect yeah, it, illustration. It's really quite beautiful. Yeah, yes. it worked out yeah. well. Yeah. But no, I mean, I was just thinking that, you know, what a great, what a great thing to have, and you know, that kind of energy propel you forward because mm. it got me through medical school. It yeah, did. Interesting. It did. Some guy looks at me and says, you don't have enough background to do this organic chemistry. And I said, if I don't get an A for the first test, you can throw me out, you know, and that's, you know, yeah. boom, that's your propellant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Powerful. and that's like, that's kind of the thing with the bonsai. There's actually, there was a little bit of fear. I was like, uh, if I'm really going to do this, I better get going. Mm. Right. Cause this is a long game, right? Mm -hmm. This is a long game kind of study. Sure. Um, and I, uh, I told you the first time I met, no, second time I met you, I met you at the lab the first mm -hmm. time. I told you, um, I, you probably don't remember because you were super sleep deprived. You'd come back from the national and then to the rendezvous. Yeah. And uh, I told you that I really didn't get seriously interested until I saw your stuff. Mm. I was kind of like, uh, you know, got this tree my husband gave me. That's pretty. Will you get me? Bud Weiser, actually, um, Dr. C.J. Weiser goes by Bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, makes, he makes nice trees. Uh, at this in Corvallis, where I live, there's this little, uh, there's this beautiful garden uh, store. Budweiser. Yeah, I awesome. know. <laughs> he does nice. He does really nice trees. Uh, and there's a garden shop called Garlands, and um, that's first time I really, you know, I about four, four or five years ago, I said, oh, "That's beautiful," and my husband bought it for me. It's like a little Procumbens nana, beautiful base. Still have it. Mm. Almost killed it. With, almost died from spider mites. Just still struggling along. And um, and I take it in and go, "What's wrong with this thing?" You know. Um, and so I started trying to read and figure out what was going on. I was like, "I give up. I don't know what's going on." Mm. So I thought I'll go to a class. I go to this little class they had, and I planted three little maple seedlings in a in a pot and took it home and it promptly died. You have to water trees a lot. I found out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when you put them in a tiny little pot. I know. What? <laughs> yeah. And maples don't like, you know, full sun. Who yeah. knew? And so I, I, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know. This is like two a year apart. And, and so I started thinking, well, I'll read. And finally I went to a club, uh, the Portland, uh, club, a BSOP club, uh, their fall show, I guess, mm -hmm. is probably 16, I think. And I, and I go, 17. I go to the club show and just because I thought this would be fun, I want to go see some bonsai. And I pick up this little, um, um, what the heck was it? Hemlock. It's a little hemlock. And, and you know, because they have the little, not auctions, but, you know, people have brought in things they don't really one or they want to give to the club to make some money. So I pick no, up the this, raffle table. Is that the, what you're saying? It wasn't a raffle table. Oh, okay. You know, they have sale tables. So uh -huh. people will bring them in and they'll either give it all to the club or whatever. I, you know, I pick up this little thing and the people there are so generous. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I don't know who it was. Um, some woman, maybe Jan, I don't know, said, so what are you going to do with that? And sat down with me for 45 minutes talking to me about this tree. So talking about the structure and blah, 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 blah. It was amazing. So Boom. I go home, I'm pumped and I cut off a bunch of branches and I take it out of the pot and I take all the soil out of it. <laughs> it died. 
And then I was done. I was like, I am so done. I am done. And then I kind of stumbled on, I don't know how the heck, I think somebody had mentioned, I was like, "Eh." and so I go on YouTube and I saw something you'd done. And I thought, whoa, 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 wait. And that's when I got really seriously interested Mm. because I was, I was like, well, these are cute and this is nice and whatever. And then there was what you were doing. And then I said, okay, that's interesting. Mm. That's interesting to me because there wasn't really, the first time I was here, you handed us all the Kokofu books and said, pick out some stuff you like. And I'm looking through it that night, sitting out there in the guest house looking through it and I was like I don't like any of this stuff I don't like that stuff there Mm. were a few things but it just doesn't interest me yeah and I mean I feel bad about that like kind of why you know I know I should I'm like well this is a whole hundreds of years of this art form and blah 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 and I'm just like it does nothing for me it's a hundred years of craft and you were an art student yeah it doesn't What'd you study? Me. What what kind of art? Painting, you know, painting primarily. Oh. Painter as well. Are you a painter? <laughs> well, I'm not well. a painter anymore. I kind of it kind of sure I draw some. Kind of draw some, but you know, I was thinking about that because I was thinking about this podcast, and I was thinking, what what is it that draws me to this that's not that interesting? I was thinking about the lab. Mm-hmm. And because that that was a really fascinating thing to me. Um, anybody out here doesn't know the lab thing. It was you and Austin Heitzman and Ron Lang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three of you, you know, get together and one per- and Ron makes a pot and Austin makes a table and you make a tree or design a tree and then next time everybody responds. So it reminded me in in art school uh, this thing called call and response. So somebody would make a drawing and uh, somebody would need to make a pot or another painting or something to respond to that piece. Oh, interesting. So call and response. And that's exactly what was, that's, oh, that's what. This is a thing. That's, it's a thing. Huh. Yeah. Did so, you have to do that, Eve? No, I, no. My, I had a lot of, a lot of line, line drawing classes. Yeah. A lot of figure drawing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blind figure drawing. We didn't do blind. We had, oh, that's we had super moving fun. figure drawing. Um, well, you had to, I mean, that's classic, but the yeah. blind contour stuff, that's yeah. really fun. Um, get back. You just put your pencil on the paper and you look at something. You don't look at the paper. You just put your pencil and you take, you have to really, really look. Oh, you know this? Yeah. And now it's that you think about it, we did that at, because I went to two colleges. So I started out as a studio art major mm-hmm. at Kalamazoo College in Michigan. Yeah. And then I um, transferred to art school thinking I wanted to get more specific. But then I went into film. Um, but I took some random painting classes on the yeah. side. Um, so I didn't get – I had we had like basic drawing classes that we all had to do. And that was pretty much along the lines of, yeah, like lots of contour drawings. We did do the blind contour. We did figure drawing. We did lots of still lifes. I, I would be so happy if I never had to do a still life again. <laughs> I just hate it. I don't want to draw any more apples and bananas sitting in a bowl. Yeah. Wow. Still lifes are kind of – yeah. Giorgio Morandi, check him out. That's that's pretty interesting. Still life, a lot of tension in this, but but um, the lab. So that call and response thing, where was, we were talking about the call and response. So I was thinking about trees, and I was thinking, you know, you have a blank canvas, or you have a lump of clay, or you have, and okay, there's a whole lot of freedom there, 
but with a tree, mm. there's a call, call and response. Yeah. And there's a response. Interesting. And that call and that response keeps going back. The artist, the craftsman, whatever you want to call it, has a resp- and that's where I really do I really do th- I mean, you kind of go back and forth in my craftsman. You're an artist. Just shut up already. You're an artist. You know, I mean. But, I appreciate that. My statement yeah. was looking at the Coke Fu is looking at 100 years of craft, yeah. right? Like, what is it to pursue bones as an art? I think that's a bigger. And your perspective coming from a very uh, art background, it makes sense to me why that was your response to the Coke Fu yeah. books, right? But anyways. I digress yeah. because you're saying something very interesting that I've never heard before and my wheels are turning. So please. Yeah. Call well, and so response. that's, so that's, I mean, the whole call and response and you know, you can keep going, you can keep going deeper with call and response. I mean, the tree that's presented to you like that gigantic tree that that's down there that looks like you could pull a blanket under and read a book. Right. That thing's big, but you can look at that tree or you can look at big twister. You can look at the call and response of the environment to that tree, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, what's presented to you to, you know, honor and respond to and turn it. And, and you don't have to turn it into a pretty little tree. Like that's a weird thing about, telling people, oh, yeah, I like to do bonsai. If you say bonsai, forget about it. Mm-hmm. They don't know what the heck you're yeah, talking yeah, about. You're out, you're they right. don't say bonsai. You have to say bonsai. or they're, And then they all, half of them go, bonsai, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But no, my the people I work with, I bore people. Oh, my God, I bore people so much. That's all I want to talk about because I'm just, I mean, serious. You know, And everybody who, my friends who listen to this, will be shaking their heads going, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned to my to our dearest friends, I said, oh, my God, I got to do a podcast with, with my teacher, Ryan. And my husband picks, looks at his watch and goes, it's been 52 minutes since you mentioned bonsai. <laughs> in his British accent? <laughs> yes, in his British accent. Very dry, very dry. Yeah. Anyway, but that whole call and response, I think, you know, um, and that's, to me, that's kind of art. It's call and response. Craft is like, oh, I've got this thing and I'm going to do it in the same way I do. And there's craft craftsmanship in art, right? Sure. right. There's craftsmanship mm-hmm. versus craft. There's like kind of a, so there's craftsmanship, but an artist has to use craftsmanship. Jonathan Cross doesn't use some of his craftsmanship. Those things are going to explode in that kiln. Oh yeah, you know, and look if he like does, garbage and everything. Yeah, else, well, right? he'll look like garbage because that kiln's going to explode. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's not going to be good. So he's got to use his craftsmanship, mm-hmm. right? But does anybody debate that he's making art? No. Yeah, I don't think there's a question no, about that of one. Not. Yeah. Yeah. All of all of the people who do art have to use some craftsmanship. Except, I mean. Naive art, like I love, I love uh, untri- unschooled artists. Like you know, uh, you can see it in you know different uh, countries who don't have all you know art schools and things. Or I have a bunch of pieces from a guy who started drawing at eighty-two. Interesting. Every day he'd make a drawing, and he was using colored uh, pencils or colored markers or whatever. And every day he would make a drawing and his wife got so sick of them. And they were, they were all different styles, all different styles. And the guy was, it was amazing. Um, his wife got so sick of him. He started, uh, she said, can I sell some of these? Cause two years in, you know, she's like, he's got 
600. Yeah. Anyway, so I was looking for unschooled art 12 years ago on eBay and I saw this guy's stuff and I was like, that's fabulous. 15 bucks a piece, you know? So I have about seven of them and then some other guy started bidding it up and I thought seven's enough, I guess. But he'd write these little stories about what he was thinking, you know? Huh. But so you have to have craft. He didn't have craft. He had materials and just this amazing, you know, yeah. joie de vivre or something. But uh, I don't know. Boy, <laughs> joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Oh, see? That's okay. the way it's yeah. supposed to sound. <laughs> I could do that, joie de vivre. There but I go. was trying not to be, you know. No, no, go for it. Go for yeah, it. You should go for it. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the time. This I is the take, moment. I, don't, I, 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 I did take French in college, but. Well, there you go. Yeah. Call and response. Guys, you guys have a lot in common. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We have yeah. a lot in common. We, we do. do. <laughs> yeah. Where did you uh well, where did you go to art school? Um, I went to KU for part of it. I went to oh, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence, yes. And I went to medical school uh at KU. Did as you well. grow up in Kansas? I did. I did. Where I did. in Kansas did you I grow was up in born Kansas? in Hayes, Kansas, and then I'm uh they my parents moved to Topeka when I was like two or something. And then as uh, soon as I could, I went moved to Kansas City. Like, huh. you know, I was just like, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah, right. I'm out. Population but, of Hayes was? I don't know. I don't know. Small-ish. Hayes is How many like, traffic lights did you have? I don't know. I was two, you know. Oh. So I was really young. Oh, you know? Yeah, okay. But I remember I was <laughs> I was laughing. Uh, what, what, it was one of the podcasts. I love the podcasts. Do you? I, listen, I, 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 like do, I like doing it. I love, I, well, I love, I'll listen to them while I'm working on, you know, yeah. reading and stuff. And I've listened to a bunch of, I loved the trophy ones, all the different artists talk. Mm, uh, those were fabulous. That was wonderful. You know, just because wonderful. you were talking about their, their art and such, not, you know, technique. It was fascinating. But um, anyway, there was one of the podcasts where you, or someplace I heard that you said your first memory was of trees. Mm hmm. And I thought, mm, my first memory was where the hell are all the trees? <laughs> <laughs> Can't Hayes is like. <laughs> have you ever driven driven across I seventy through have. Kansas? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and you see people reading their newspaper while they're driving, yeah. right? Because yeah. the worst you Just could do is flat. hit a cow. It's technically <laughs> flatter than a pancake. It is technically, yeah, I bet. No, now, it is. Eastern Kansas, scientifically, <laughs> it is it is flatter than a pancake. If you if you enlarge a pancake. To the scale of Kansas, it would have more contour than Kansas. It is a true scientific proof statement. Than a pancake, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, eastern Kansas is different. Uh, there's the Flint Hills, which is really beautiful. It's mm -hmm. just this really gentle kind of, and because there's so few trees, it looks like somebody threw a, you know, when you, they throw sheet over furniture. Yeah. That's kind of softens everything. It's just, but it's a green one. It's beautiful. I saw my, I saw nine tornadoes come down there one at time once? at once. Oh my gosh! And uh, that was cool. No, no it was it was it Were was you storm chasing. Cool. Were you just out there? No, I was out there. I was out there just, <laughs> just you know. Yeah, we had to, we had these two uh, little kids from uh, England. This was many years ago before I met my husband. But they were visiting, and we took them out to see the storm rolling in because when you're out there, you can see layers and layers mm -hmm. of different colors of blue and black. And, you know, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden you see these little fingers. Voot, voot, voot. And, and my friend and I looked at each other and we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> and we just, we got to go. And the kids are like, 
no, this is great. And we're like, no, it's not really go. <laughs> no and by idea. the time you get down to the farm, just shit's just flying all over the place. Wow. I love tornadoes. They're great. As long as they don't hurt anything. <laughs> weather oh, drama. Man. Weather. You don't get any weather drama here. I really miss that. Not too much. I mean, I remember the hurricanes in Savannah. We would always have an evacuation oh, yeah. at the beginning of like every school year. Yeah. Uh, everybody would have to leave. But I was not a fan of that. <laughs> not a fan of that. I don't know. Just a really just banging storm. I miss, just, a, I miss, I miss, a, I miss a good thunder and lightning storm yeah. in the Rockies. Or exactly. I've been through multiple tornadoes. I've been through several typhoons in Japan and earthquakes. Been to the blizzards. and <sighs> Yeah, blizzards no, thank are you. I'll take. I'll just go ahead and take Pacific Northwest. I like the calmness of it, but once in a while, once in a while, just sort of an thrill, act of God kind of storm. Yeah. That's what we used to say in Minnesota. It was like you could all in Minneapolis, you know, they clear the snow. But once in a while, if it just dumped snow at 3 a.m. and they couldn't get to it, we called that an act of God snow. It's like you <laughs> can't can't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Right. Yep, that's a snow day. I mean, snow days rarely happen in Minneapolis because, yeah, you, you'd get, get to work. They're ready for it. They're oh, they're ready, ready for, for it. it. And you'd get to work and you'd, you know, risk your life because they hadn't cleared it very well and, and stuff. And I'd have some 80-year-old lady saying, why are you so late? Because <laughs> I, like, I almost died. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, I love Sarah Rayner's discussion of Minnesota winters when we yeah. did the podcast with her yeah. and she was talking about how she just likes to sit and look and be quiet quiet and i was yeah. just like wow yeah because it's, it's it, the the snow here is so heavy it's like rain yeah it just i've never seen pacific I, northwest snow is not good yeah i've never seen i i was just when we first saw it i was like i've never seen it snow so fast i mean it's just like <laughs> it's like snow but speed it up really fast and then disappears so quickly yeah. and then it, yeah Except for that one. Or starts crushing yeah. things. Or it starts mm. crushing things. Like I lost power lines and trees. I, and <laughs> I lost uh, a branch of a Hokkaido elm with a heavy snow because we're in this little weird little pocket at mm -hmm. the bottom of one of the coastals. And there's got, yeah, we get kind of heavier. Once in a while, we'll just get a dump of snow. And, and yeah, I learned if it snows really hard. You got a problem. Yeah. Well, take, take the. Take the the brittle ones in. Yeah. First year at Mirai, I'd done all the big like live vein thinning, raffia wire bends on all these Rocky Mountain junipers. First winter at Mirai, we got three successive snowstorms uh, that dropped like two feet, three feet, and three feet. And I remember the garden, I could walk out and it was up to my chest. And you could just see it was flat and then a little bump where there was a big tree's yeah. apex underneath it, you know? Um, and it crushed. Uh, there's still trees that are just now workable 10 years later. Wow. Because it just ripped every branch off of the tree. That was my first experience with Pacific Northwest snow. And I moved here with Randy Knight saying it doesn't oh, snow. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> just yeah. like this is this, and nobody around here has a real clue what, <laughs> what weather in the Pacific Northwest is like. Yeah, don't, yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, because I've always liked gardening. And I thought, I can grow anything here. And, 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 you know, you can in many places, but you can't because, mm -hmm. you know, things wilt and melt. You know, yeah. if you try to grow certain things in my area, I mean, between the slugs and the mildew and yeah. stuff when it's just, yep. and this year, oh my God. Chalk it up. It's Chalk bad. it up. It's bad. Every fungal disease, every 
yep. every insect because it didn't get they didn't get killed this winter. Yep. Yeah, it's been a it's been a challenge. Yeah. Why not? Let's Why not? do it all at once. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it all, all at, at once. once. Let's just go. Go big. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm going back and listening to to uh, streams and looking through my notes about how to control stuff, what not to bother with, to look, you know, really look at your tree. Is this really, is this a disease or is this normal? Uh-huh. You know, yep. all of those things. And so, you know, challenges are good. You learn from them, you know, and this is a challenge. I will say, you know, and I've been open about this in recent discussions on podcasts and streams that 10 years in, I fully expect myself to be capable of dealing with a year like this. And this has been the worst year in 10 years. And it is solidifying so much information for me. Just just like really drilling it home, really seeing it. Whereas if there was ever a doubt, I now understand that there no no longer needs to be a doubt in that knowledge. And it's I, I I think it'll be positive in the end. Yeah. I, I, I think I think the 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 pain of hopefully the pain of what's going on now in, in so many aspects of life has a positive ending. I, I think I can optimistically say that at Mariah and as a bonsai practice, it'll be it'll be a positive ending. It'll be optimistically yeah. a, a positive thing. But. Well, with a uh, with 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 the COVID, yeah, <laughs> sounds like with the rheumatiz, yeah, right. yeah. I've, I've started calling it the stupid nineteen. I'm so over it. The yeah. stupid nineteen. The stupid 19. It's, the, it's, it's the Rona around the here. Rona. It's the, the Rona. Rona. Oh God, I'm so. It's so sad. It just. It's yeah. just so sad on everything. But, but I was. You're right. I was thinking about you know with the kind of change that you had to make uh, for the classes. Um, but you had also been kind of planning on some changes anyway with yep. the classes. Yep. So this is, and then when we did the class and you were talking about, I want to do these lectures before you guys come out here. And I was like, right on, that's great because we can have time to really truly percolate, formulate questions mm. and we'll have more t- hands on time, yep. which when it means we got, you know, just more time to uh, apply those questions and that knowledge to the stuff. So, so yeah, that's okay. There's always, there's always a good side to a bad coin. You know? Oh, it pushed us into things we probably would not <laughs> maybe have gone, have gone as hard towards. Oh yeah. Uh, Bonsai Ninja School is about ready to commence. A yeah. Bonsai Ninja School. <laughs> 20, tw- 2021, the quest for Bonsai Black Belts begins at Mirai. Right? Dig That's it. what I'm Dig saying. Yeah. How appealing does that sound? You want to be a bonsai um, black belt, I, don't you? I want a bl- mm-hmm. I really want a bonsai there black you go. belt. Uh, that's is... that's I mean, I'm gonna probably retire early so I can do this. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> just it. I'm just it. it's come be a bonsai I black belt with us. Can't nothing makes me happier. Yeah. Nothing. Really? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it makes me miserable and and sometimes <laughs> I'm just scared of my trees. I mean, I'm kind of getting past that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a point uh, in this where you're just, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, or I know what I'm doing, and then you realize I wired that so tight, I just killed that branch. Oh, and that one too, mm-hmm. and then you know, you once two steps and back one and stuff. But uh, but I also, you know, I forgive myself a little bit because I jumped into the deep end of the pool. You did. I you did. did. 
Yeah, because so, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing when I went to the rendezvous. I was too scared to work with you. I don't know why I wasn't scared to work with David DeGroote, except for he's the nicest man on the planet. That's probably why. Yeah. And then Michael Hagedorn, I just didn't know who he was. And I thought, Hemlock, I like Hemlocks, they're yeah. nice. And so I thought, I'm going to do those two classes. And oh, I sat there January 1st, they were going to open. I sat there, I was eight o'clock and I was like, boom, because <laughs> I was afraid I wouldn't get in. Nailed it. And then I came in and I came in and did those. Those are the first real trees I ever did, except Very for cool. that Hemlock. <laughs> Very cool. And and I think they were both like, what, what are you doing in here? And I thought, I don't know, but I've never sawed off a branch this big. Give me a saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was super fun. But, you know, at the same time, I remember I, I met you that, uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't met you at the lab. I met you that time and I'm showing you a picture. I, I just, I know I just was like, you were like, oh my God, leave me alone. I'm so tired because you were. No, you I remember our interaction. I, I remember very little about the, the BSOP rendezvous. It's one of the few blackout moments from fatigue I've ever oh, had in my so life. Tired. Yeah. But, but I remember our conversation. I, I was very flattered that you, you had said that you were, you know, kind of my work had really interested you and I had yeah. seen you at the lab. Yeah. So I'd had exposure to you and, um, the small crew that had attended the very first yeah. lab. It's so fun. Yeah. And the, and I think the lab has been wildly successful just to return to that. Cause it really has, <laughs> it's been fascinating, bred some really interesting ideas and the, the call and the response. This is an interesting way of looking at bonsai, but I, 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 I want to, I just want to, I'm going to dive into this subject matter sure. because you're talking about, and I would consider, I would say, listen, as far as you're concerned, you dove in and you really haven't had any hesitation and there is something unique. Not that you know of. <laughs> not that I. Not that I know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not that the I. Bathroom, like, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, not that I know of. But like, but but you've gone, you've gone just head first into this bonsai practice, and it's like, wow, this is really interesting because, and I and and even I talk about this a lot, and it's like, and I've tried to, you know, we've had Malia Chim on the podcast. Um, I discussed architecture with Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie. Wachka. Yeah. And yeah. talked about, um, you know, the female presence or lack thereof in architecture. Yeah. And this notion of why are there not more women involved in bonsai? And in terms of the Bonsai Society of Portland community, and you look at some of some very that there's a large population of, of female presence yeah. in BSOP and very, very talented, proficient. I mean, there's no there's no nothing about the Pacific Bonsai, Pacific Northwest Boneside community that suggests that there's a discrepancy. But I don't think that outside of the Pacific Northwest that you see a large population of of, of females engaging with the art of bonsai, um, at least in, in in sort of a public perspective and certainly on the professional uh, level you don't see a lot of female bone type professionals know. that's why it was so awesome and is awesome to see maria just kicking ass yeah. just oh, she a is badass, such a badass right I, she's I, a badass exactly yeah she uh, knocked she, that podcast just knocked me out and, so it just knocked me out and and here's the thing like when i go back and i look at it and i'm just like okay so how did how did i get to where i'm at well when i was in college kathy shaner 
had returned from Japan and was working at El Dorado. And my first introduction to El Dorado Bonsai, which was the facility that was really inspirational to me and no longer exists outside of Placerville, California, but Kathy was teaching a class and I just remember getting a glance at what she was doing and there were all of these people around her and she was applying this high level of technicality to this massive Scots pine and this very, very uh, detailed, delicate, dangerous bend. And everybody, I mean, you could have cut through the tension with a knife and she just so seamlessly handled this and I would, it gives me shivers even to talk about it now. She had tackled the cultural limitations of a, I would cons- I would consider an extremely misogynistic culture or at least male dominant culture in Japan at a earlier time and blazed the trail for all Western apprentices to be studying in Japan. You have this powerful female presence in Kathy Shaner having created the path for all of us. And I've never known how to talk about this. I've never known how to cross this bridge. And I just said, Eve, can you help with this dialogue because she's asked me and I have no answer and you're a very uh, powerful female presence that I've really enjoyed working with and seen a real lack of apprehension and a willingness to dive in and you know like what is this Shelly what is this what is the limitation do you have any insight is it not male female related is it male female related what's going on it's both is it yeah I think I, I think I think what you said exactly is Portland's clubs got a lot of women. And you know why? Because hmm. Portland's clubs got a lot of women. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like water molecules. And and you know, I mean, we people like, oh, this woman says, Oh, I've been doing this. Oh, that's okay for me to do it because I saw it's all mostly guys. And it kind of, and I'm not just saying that we're all just, you know, binary or whatever, but most of us tend to have, you know. Uh, um, friends by those around us. We're influenced by those around us. And a lot of women have women friends and a lot of guys have guy friends. You know, I mean, definitely there's a cross. I've always had a lot of guy friends, so I think it's a little easier for me. I love, I loved what, uh, Maria said, uh, you asked her about, is there, is there a misogyny or whatever? And she said, you know, I just tried not to think about it. Mm. <laughs> and I thought that's exactly how I felt most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but because, you know, unless you say you're sorry all the time, you're just a cranky woman or, you know, mm. or other words. But um, I think it's because there's more women there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay to be a woman in bonsai in Portland because there's a whole lot of other women there and it just attracts some other people and you go and you're just not like the only woman there. Whereas you're, you know, I've heard, you know, horror stories of bonsai clubs. Like I went Kevin Ferris. Hi Kevin. Um, (laughs) What's up Kevin? If you're listening, what's up Kevin? (laughs) Look forward Um, to your next visit to Mariah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I told you I'd take you to dinner anyway. Um, Anyway, he's, you know, he kind of talked about just this not very welcoming kind of um, community that he had encountered in the Midwest. And I've heard that story before. And if it's an old boys club, it's an old boys club. And it's really hard to go if there aren't any women in there and it's already closed. Whereas here, some of those people have already broken those boundaries. And you've got people like Joanne. What's Joanne's last Reden. name? I was so, Joanne Reed. I mm-hmm. oh, mean, I was so excited to see her when I. Our last class, there were three women in the juniper class. Mm-hmm. So it was juniper, yeah. 
Jennifer Price. Mm -hmm. She's you know a bonsai professional. She so Jennifer's one of one of the groundbreakers now. You know, young upcoming talent and kicking ass and studying with Walter uh, Paul. And, you know, but, you know, you can just kind of mention them on one hand. You've got Maria and you've got uh, Kathy and you've got Jennifer and there's a woman in Japan, younger woman, I can't remember. Anyway, there's there's, I mean, there's know, a hand, handful know, of people. You know, Mary Madison is a is, right. is an icon. Uh, Mary right. Miller in Florida had a significant presence. There's obviously Mary Bell Ballandock and some of the um, really initial female bonsai practitioners in Southern California that right. were part of um, the crew surrounding John Naka that were incredibly influential and um, and very very powerful in the work that they produced. Um, and Cheryl Manning would be another one that comes to mind. Uh, and, and, and there's so many more that obviously, that obviously I, you know, I don't want to miss anybody and I don't want, but it's like, and I've heard of still, none of them. Right. I've heard of none there of you them. Go. That's the thing. I That's know of all of those men that you've talked about. I, you know, I've heard of none of them and it's, it's bizarre. They, they just don't get as much press, if mm-hmm. you will. I mean, Mari's got a really a uh, strong Instagram presence. Yeah. Uh, she's got it. She's got a lot of presence, you know, mm-hmm. from, from what I can tell, just, you know, her trees have a lot of presence talking, uh, on the podcast. She's, she's got, but, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just strange. And I, um, when I've talked to, you know, people say, Oh, you do bonsai, those pretty little trees. I was like, yeah, mine are a little bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a hard time lifting. Shelly, Shelly likes big trees. <laughs> she likes big trees. I had to have Joe Johansson carry my tree for me. It was like, Tony finally said, my husband, he says, uh, if you can't pick it up, you can't have it. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was yeah. like, okay. Boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. And I was like, can I have one of those lifter machine things? There you go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but they, when I, when I've talked to them, they said, hey, there's not, no, there's not very many women who uh-huh. do this comparatively. And they're like, what do you mean? It seems like such a delicate feminine art. And it's like, no, most people have no idea. Yeah. Don't have any idea what yeah. you're talking about. And so there's all these misconceptions. And I think a lot of people who might want to go into it, women might think, Oh, I'm really not into delicate, pretty little things. Mm-hmm. I really like something a little more powerful. Give me a chainsaw, right? Or something. And so they don't have, it's, it's just not that well known. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's also just a, a huge lack of, of uh, role models. Like we just don't, like you said, we're not, we're not getting the press of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how many of uh, these women that you've mentioned, how many of them teach? actively yeah. or have taught i'm i so my obviously kathy shaner again has been a very prominent figure and inspirational person for a lot of people in north american bonsai because she blazed the trail for the apprenticeship model in japan which was unheard of i can't even imagine yeah, what that uh, must have been like oh my god yeah the stories of what she had to endure it's you want to talk about a test of character and a strength and fortitude that's that defines it but i know mary miller um, in, in Florida was when I was growing up in bonsai today and the awareness of, of prominent bonsai practitioners was such a, um, powerful figure and prominent name and Mary Madison, the buttonwood queen. That one I've heard. You, I you know, I've, I, I, I've been out collecting with Mary and she, and she, I've known Mary since I was in high school. She's been a yeah. huge 
figure as well and still still is just such a wonderful presence but Mary Miller and Mary Madison and Kathy Shaner and um and Cheryl Manning as well I my first workshop that I ever took at a Golden State Bonsai Federation convention was with Cheryl Manning um and and just really for me when I was coming up in bonsai there was never there was never the impression that women were not involved in bonsai and that's why it's so interesting now for this conversation to be, I, although I think ap- appropriate, it had never been something that I had thought of until seeing, I think, the population discrepancy that I'm aware of now. Having traveled a lot and seen a lot more and become aware of a lot more and having gone to Japan and experienced the 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 lopsided distribution of bonsai practitioners in Japan. Um, and, and, and so, and then coming to the Pacific Northwest, it's just been like, well, wait, hang on just a sec. But at the same time, I think you bring up a valid point. And, you know, when I was talking with Malia about it, because she was really working hard and she was working with Colin Lewis and she had gone to Italy and and I had gone over and worked with Sandro in Rome and she was studying with Sandro for a prolonged period of time. And she came and did the podcast and I just said, you know, is there, is there an aspect that that the feminine touch brings to bonsai. And she's like, look, I don't want to be called a woman doing bonsai. I just want to be a good bonsai artist. And and I totally respect that. And it becomes this delicate conversation because um, when I was apprenticing with Mr. Kimura, the apprentice immediately below me was female. Her name was Yamamoto-san. Her mom is a bonsai professional in Nagano near where Shinji Suzuki is at. And, um, and she was, she was quite, quite frankly, significantly better than me at bonsai in our apprenticeship. She ended up washing out just prior to finishing her third year. And I just think like, man, she could have, and and her and I talked about it, like you could have such a powerful presence on the international world of bonsai and stuff. And she didn't, that wasn't what she was passionate about. She was there like so many Japanese apprentices because her parents wanted her to be there. And I think her mom specifically really, you know, had found a lot of value in bonsai was becoming a very prominent professional. I don't know where she sits in the whole conversation now, but at that point was on the rise and, and Yamamoto's son was naturally gifted. She just had uh, an awareness of visual weight and distribution and a finesse to her work that I really had to work hard to try and obtain. Now, whether that's because she was a woman or and had some sort of feminine sense to aesthetics and the manner in which she handled the bonsai form, or whether she as an individual was simply just more talented me, than me, I don't know. She I, just had a different I, style. I, I mean, you know, this it wasn't, is, a, it wasn't a style because but, we, well, I mean the we hadn't thing. found our style. We were institutionalized okay. Okay. worker yeah, okay. bees, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. But, 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 I, but I've been thinking about it since that point you know, and, and I don't really know how to speak about it fairly. And so fairly and diplomatically and objectively to explore why is there a lack of women in bonsai? That's, that is the root question. And how you go about teasing that out is, is really why I wanted to have this conversation. It's kind of a delicate kind of, it's very delicate. Yeah. You don't want to say, you know, yeah, it's really delicate, but you know, I was thinking about, you were talking about, you know, the finesse of female finesse and stuff. Um, one of the things I love about doing these classes, since everybody's so much more advanced than me, I've been doing it so much longer. Um, it's like, I have six other teachers besides you, you know, I get to learn from everybody. And one of the people's work that I just love is, uh, Brandon, 
Myerson, mm-hmm. Myerson, his Bra- work. Brandon. Myers, Myerson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Brandon. Uh, and he does the most delicate, beautiful literati. And he is a guy guy, you know? You'd look, he's got a truck and he's got the stuff and he's just, and he does these. What be- What's his last name? We need, it's we Myers. <laughs> it is Myron, Myron. Myron, Brand- there it yeah, is. Yeah, Brandon Myron. Brandon Myron. I knew his Sorry, name Brandon. and then. Yeah, anyway. But you know, I mean, you, you look name. at Brandon, the Kevin's last black. thing you would think of is delicate. And he does the most yeah. beautiful, delicate, yeah. gorgeous things. Yes. And to Detailed, watch. Detailed, highly, detail, highly nuanced. Uh, yeah, just uh, elegant, mm-hmm. elegant. I mean, he can do. I'm sure he's very talented. He can do whatever he wants. But what I've seen of the junipers that he's done, I just it just stuns me. So I, I guess it's just sort of what you like at some point, you know. Um, yeah, you can't has, take you can't take that label and like attach no. it. He's a really great example. I just thought he's a great this. example. I don't yeah. think you can tell if a tree is, is made by a male or a female designer. Mm-hmm. Like you really, you really can't pick that out. And cause it does come down to just like an aesthetic tree that you're designing. And like you said, it's a, it's, you know, a give and take with the tree in the first yeah. place. So he's, first of all, he might be receiving a feminine tree and has to oh, yeah. continue to, to go feminine to with it. you have to respond yeah. to mm-hmm. that. So, um, there's an, necessarily this i don't think there's really this idea of like a more elegant touch perhaps of the female Mm -hmm. i wonder if women um might shy away from it more because you know or at least on a really high professional level because you have to be that woman in bonsai and that's Mm -hmm. an intimidating title you have to represent women in bonsai Mm -hmm. and what if they just want to be a bonsai practitioner which i think which i think is woman in bonsai instead which i think would be i mean it makes sense that you don't want to be a good female bonsai artist you just oh, want to no. be a good bonsai like this yeah, makes total that this makes total sense to me but in the limited numbers of women who are aspiring to be a bonsai professional you get you, you get tacked with that label and all of a sudden you, you, it's like you you get kicked out of the conversation of bonsai artists and now it's a female bonsai artist and that's, right. that's nobody shit. says that's shitty, it is shitty. <laughs> there nobody says man bonsai artist I mean, right. that's just ridiculous right. i mean it sounds ridiculous what's a, what's the ratio of your students i mean either you know the uh Mariah live but but also the classes, you know, people, your students that are taking classes. Yeah. I don't know if we can, t- I don't think we can tell on Mariah live because it's a, it's a, uh, it's hard to tell names. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just, a, we it's an email, it's an email, it's an email yeah. address. So we have yeah. no, no clue, male or female, but I would say that Mariah's in-person classes are, t- are 20% female, 80% 20%. male. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah, sometimes there have been years where we've been as high as 30% female, um, and and honestly there have been classes that have been predominantly female before yeah which is which is um you know nothing honestly coming back to the conversation of like a feminine touch does not exist you just respond to the material which is an interesting point that's being made um the nature of the class and the manner in which we go about bonsai has not shifted whether it's male dominant or female dominant from my experience as well yeah so it does it does seem to not have like a doesn't seem to have a changing impact necessarily on the way that like the world turns yeah yeah um which is also really interesting to acknowledge you know that we're all just here doing bonsai we are and you're right i i I wanted to clarify on brandon stuff he has it he has an approach that has an elegance to it, no matter what type of tree you're right. He, was, mm-hmm. he responds to these 
you know, tall, slender trees by giving them a, a lighter touch. But there's mm-hmm. an elegance to his his style. Mm-hmm. And there's an elegance to the trees that I've seen him do. Um, and so I, I think it everybody does have some style. You, can, you know, you've seen some people who do just like really brutal kind of stuff, mm-hmm. no matter that, that's it's the trees they choose mm-hmm. too. You know, I Absolutely. want I want a brutal tree. I like to rip things up. I, you don't see a whole lot of literati over Dan Robinson's place, right? Right, right. You know, he's well, got he's got, but he likes some he likes gnarly trees. Mm-hmm. That's what he says, and he's right. You know, there's some there are some more lyrical trees, but but so it's you it's what you choose. Also, you know, there's something that floats your boat from a raw material standpoint yeah. that s- sort of dictates but that's also part of your art is what you choose to do Mm -hmm. right so yeah and what you choose to work with Uh yeah so many so many ideas are just moving through my head of of sort of male and female students and this inability to to pin anything down as one thing or another uh and and it's yeah it's it's fascinating It, it really is interesting to explore and but there still has to be there still has to be something behind why because if that is the case, then there's just as many women that phone, find bonsai interesting, motivating to potentially pursue and understand and interact with. And if that's the case, inspiring to pursue as a profession, I would think. If, if you start to say, okay, well, <clears throat> you can't label one gender or another as having a tendency in the way that they interpret, in the way that they actualize, in the way that they design, in the way that they conduct themselves. Right in the art of bonsai, then what separates the genders in terms of choosing to engage, pursue as a profession, or take take whatever steps to, you know, is, is there uh, an oppression of, of a female professional, I wonder? Like, is there a limitation that's being cast out there? My, well, Maria said, you know, you asked her uh, about that on uh, that podcast, and she said, yeah, she's had, you know, she's been... Um, I don't know how she put it, but she's been handed some shit about mm-hmm. it. And she, like she said, I choose to ignore it most of the time, but it's there, I'm sure. And I'm sure, you know, I wonder if, you know, a lot of it is, I mean, Kathy Shaner's, you know, the exception that proves the rule. Most of the Americans who went over to Japan are men. Yeah. So they came back and they had some guys, friends, and then, and then, and then, and yeah. it just sort of spreads that way. And it used to be the only engineers were men, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of engineering that goes into some of this stuff. And, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things. Now there's a lot of women who are engineers. You know, there's a lot of women who are, you know, women are professionals in just about every other thing. Bonsai is just something that's kind of taken, started to take off. Maybe a little bit behind, maybe a little little bit behind the And I think it's just because of, of who started doing it here. Mm -hmm. You know, the culture that it originated from too probably Mm -hmm. still has, some degree of an impression because when you I would think although I don't know and I have no historical backing to this but you have a convention and you have a workshop and you have a Japanese master coming this was the beginning of the introduction of higher level technique to the western world and most of the students that are engaging in that workshop with that master are they male I don't know I don't know because Melba Tucker and Mary Bell somehow in the very early stages of bonsai in North America became accepted as students of John Naka and the very, I think, tradition, still very traditionally 
angled Japanese American community that was using bonsai as a preservation of their heritage and culture post-World War II. So that was doable then. Kathy Shaner cuts through the, uh, of men and women, cuts through the invisible barrier of a Westerner as an apprentice in Japan. It was doable then. You know what I'm saying? It's weird because women have blazed a lot of the trails. Uh, Yeah. Still. We're and, still talk- and I don't even know about some of them. I know Shaner, but I just found out that Shaner, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago when you had asked me, I was like, I want to read a little bit. And I was like, I didn't know she went to Japan. Yeah, well, I had yeah. no idea. Talk, talk about, okay, let's just talk about some of the pioneers of collected material in North America. Sharon Muth was one of the original collectors that was going on the bonsai safaris with Harold Sasaki, my initial mentor, yeah. and Dick Melody into... You know, the 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 ranches outside of Lyons, Colorado. And and I remember working up at Bonsai Northwest when I first came back from Japan in these old Doug Furs. And I'm saying, Where did you get this? And she's like, Oh, I collected that back when Dick Melody was was running trips out to Colorado. This she's out there digging these trees. And it's like, well, so through the course of Bonsai history in North America, there has always been a female presence from the beginning. They're from the not beginning. getting any press. Maybe they're just more humble. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, and maybe, I, I mean, let's be just really honest about being a Bonsai professional. You, you are putting, Bonsai is a very personal uh, reflection of the self, reflection of the individual, because it is your interpretation of, something whether it's culture whether it's nature whether it's you know your own expression of where you were at that time mentally emotionally in this thing that you create in collaboration with this tree and and i love this notion of call and response okay that's beautiful but but you expose yourself and this is why when a tree is critiqued in an exhibition it can have such a visceral reaction or a response from the person whose tree was critiqued right it it can hurt yeah. Even if it was constructive, it can hurt. And you recognize how personal bonsai is. Uh, and and so that kind of that kind of openness, being very vulnerable with the creation of bonsai as a professional, you are I mean, Mirai and Ryan Neal specifically is criticized a lot. You know, I don't read a lot of comments, and I think there's a very positive community around Mirai now that I very much appreciate and value, but you can see a lot of professionals attacked, um, both publicly on forums and, um, behind closed doors and private conversations and stuff. And you start to recognize like, Ooh, this is, this is this weird world of intertwining personalities and cultures and egos and opinions and, and it, it, and it can sting. It can really sting. Power trips everywhere. The the the, the, the the first time that a critique of mine was put on YouTube back in 2010 or 2011, I was in Chicago at the the Midwest Bonsai Show or Midwest Bonsai Society, and I did a critique. Somebody filmed it and put it on YouTube, and the hatred on the comments overflowed that they became so out of control that YouTube shut down comments on that video, and it overflowed to the video that Farrand had taken for bonsai focus from my first photo shoot at bonsai focus wow and and they had to shut down comments on every video that i was on that that was a video about me because the hatred from that critique which i felt was very positive and constructed constructive but have have since recognized how sensitive critiquing a tree can be 
but it caused this visceral reaction. And that's when I started looking at bone sign and going, okay, I need to, I need to, you, we have to be very careful with this because this is a person's heart. This is, this is, this is that person putting themselves out there to be discussed. That's, and that's dangerous, but it also is what makes bonsai so valuable. So it's like what makes it so special. Also, it makes art, art special, but you know, and, and there's, there's probably a generational thing between, you know, how, how I grew up and how it's not probably there um, almost <laughs> surely is a generational thing between how I grew up. Cause I'm 62 and how you grew up as far as women and men, as far as exposing themselves now, sure. There's been women artists who are just, you know, as, as ballsy, interesting choice of word, um, as men, you know, I'm, as glad, far we, as, I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> um, but there's socially, socially women were not, have not been raised that, um, in my generation probably, and maybe even uh, to, to exposure feels really, really, really unsafe mm-hmm. for a male, perhaps socially the way that it's not as, it's not as uh, painful. It doesn't mean that that guys don't hurt and aren't, mm-hmm. aren't, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everybody's not sensitive, but I, you know, perhaps some of that, that, I mean, cause all of that stuff you're talking about, that's also, there's a, a whole lot of, I just can't even with all of that stuff. When I hear about those, the, all those power trips and all of that, because I've seen some of that. I Before I found you, um, if you will, I went on some online forum, and my God, the trolls. <laughs> Maybe that's what's so unappealing to us, all the, all the trolls. It's just, oh, <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot nasty. Of speech, yeah. There's a lot of hate, and there's, I mean. But that, and exists, then, uh, that exists in every channel of the world, and that does, does that stop women from engaging with those other channels? No, no, but I think that if you're going to, you know, submit your piece into a field or in a realm that is largely men, you're going to receive back critique and hate speech from from an audience that is largely men, and it can feel perhaps a bit more like an attack than oh, you might expect. Oh, interesting. So, it was really unsafe. I, and yeah. I huh. read, because I, I kind of went a lot of down sense, some actually. strings that, in that, and some of those nasty things were a lot nastier to the females. Mm. And I was like, and I remember one, because I, I was just looking for some answer to something, and one of these guys, he was hey, one or two of them. They were like putting up some pretty inappropriate f- pictures of women, you know, uh, as answers. Uh, I mean, it was just gross. Mm. And so, yeah, that kind of thing, perhaps. I don't know. I think the thing, though, is if you go to a meeting or you meet somebody. A, a lot of women or men. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're interested in something that might be traditionally, uh, and I'm sure probably you, I don't know, I can't think of an example right now that um, where there's more women, et cetera, it might be, especially 10 years ago or something, it would have been easier if you had a guy friend who was already doing it or you went to this club and you saw three guys, there were like 50 women, but there were at least four or five guys there. And you're like, oh, okay, this is. You know, this isn't because we all want to be 
accepted. Like you don't I want guess. to be the only the only soccer dad at the soccer game, right? The little soccer moms. You want kind of like Precisely. The, other, yeah, it's just the concept of of having that fellowship and and somebody and and me as somebody who I've always been interested in bonsai and this is why I work here and my dad has always had bonsai, but I never once thought that it was something that I could pick up and do myself. Um and I think it was just because one, I never really saw that many that many women doing it. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's a lack of role model, definitely, um, and a lack of awareness of the role models because they do exist. As we're talking about, we're just not seeing them as much. And then the other thing is, is I'm scared that if I go into it and I ask a question that's you know a very beginner question, that I will be responded to in a way that's like, well, that's really obvious. You know, like mm. it's like a kind of like this fear of like the mansplain almost. Like I don't want to have that. Yeah, that circumstance. I want to be taught in a way that's constructive, but not taught in a way that's, you know, demeaning. Yeah. So this generational divide I was talking about, there isn't one. Okay. <laughs> say exact. I mean, same some thing. of the things are still very yeah. similar. So, yeah, yeah, most of it still is. You know, if if you're in a if you're in a meeting and you talk too much, you're a bitch. Mm. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sorry, but I mean, it's sorry. I just said sorry. Women say sorry uh, all the time. If, yeah. All the time. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, there's uh, there's misogyny in, in medicine. I've experienced. Oh, I was going to ask you if, oh, in neuro, if yeah. in neuroscience are there not a just lot of, just medicine, just medicine in just general. Medicine. Yeah, yeah. There's there's misogyny everywhere, and you know if you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail, perhaps. And if you're female, perhaps. And I, I don't want to feel sound whiny or anything, but. It, Ask any woman. It's real. Yeah. It's real. You know, is it as blatant as it used to be? No. That's, you know, it's not okay anymore. And then we get into all, you know, and we're just being talking about binary stuff. Then then it gets really weird. Then there's everything (laughs) in between. And in 20 years, I'm hoping that this, all of this, all of these edges, these sharp edges of this will keep dulling and dulling just, just as, you know, there was such a sharp edge between men and women in the sixties. You know, you watch Mad Men or something, the sharp edge. And over the, you know, over the past 50 years, those edges start to blend a lot. And Mm. Kathy Shaner could actually go, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, though it was still out there, but now it'd be a lot easier for a woman to go. Or that one would say, I don't have to go there. I can go here. And, my only reason for feeling, you know, that sometimes I don't want to ask a question, which not too often will I do that, but is because I'm such a newbie, you know, in my classes, I'm the person who has been doing it the least. I don't want to look stupid, but then I think, yeah, I'm paying for this money. I don't care. So, mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. I'm here to learn. So but I'll it, look it stupid. it is the newbie fear though. And there's if you suddenly fear. have all these women that start doing bonsai, well, they're all going to start out as newbies. So there's right. a big newbie fear. Right. Exactly. So it's maybe not being female so much as, as being different, standing out and then also being a newbie. And so, you know, but, you know, I, I would say to any woman who wants to get into bonsai, um, Come to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> it's just a gr- it really is the Salem Club. All same your thing. stuff. Sell your house. Come out here. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, 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 we do bonsai. We do. <clears throat> you know? And I mean, you can do everything. I went collecting for my first time this past year. Oh, my God. 
so satisfying. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get Randy Knight's stuff. Right. Well, but I, I know how he does no, that. Nobody, that's nobody gets Randy Knight's stuff. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. not a male female thing. That's no, just a that's, Randy that's thing. That's just a Randy thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't come out with some honking thing, I, but I got six pieces. I got two subalpine firs and two vine maples and two uh, lodgepoles. Uh huh. And everything's doing pretty well except for one of the lodgepoles. And I think it's going to be okay because it's shot up some new needles. All of them went, did okay. And I'm just like, oh, I learned some stuff. The magic. And I learned Man. some stuff here. Yeah. Because, you know, I read about, oh, collecting, you have to be really respectful and most people kill it all. And I was like, I learned how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, listening to talk to Randy, listening to talking about how you take care of a tree mm -hmm. you know um excuse me for saying it but balance of water and oxygen is pretty important <laughs> it's pretty freaking real it's you pretty know real. it's pretty real yeah, and it's that's redundant. a really good one it's <laughs> redundant that's, as it's become yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty real real thing when you talk about these trees who live in these yeah. you know crazy environments and so um all of that's, you know, the whole, the whole thing about bonsai. And I don't know, I, I guess the thing about women in bonsai, I think it's just, there aren't as many cause there aren't as many, but you see it happening here. You go to the Salem club cause I don't go to any of the clubs very much because they're all on a school night and they, you know, at least 40 minute drive for me to Salem, um, even, but they're at least 30 to 40% female mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. And Gail, she's been, they've been, quite a few of them have been doing it for some years. Yeah. So there's females there and there's obviously females of, you know, real talent that I've seen over um, at BSOP. So it's happening. But like I said, you got it. There's like, it's almost like you have to have a, uh, what do they call it? It's when they seed a cloud to make it snow or whatever. You got to have a seed, seed to make that cloud happen mm -hmm. and i think that somebody like kathy shaner starts that and people hear about that and like oh I, I could do that and so people saw that so and i watching. know she probably sp spurred some people on you're kind of so what what you're proposing is that we're kind of watching it happen we're watching to a degree hmm. yeah that's interesting that's that 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 it would be that would be a very optimistic perspective i think my my feeling is because one of the big things prior to like um, the discussion of female involvement, I feel like what I heard a lot because again, my experience prior to going to Japan and coming back was I've there's always been a lot of female involvement in at least my exposure throughout California. Even you've brought up collecting, and I used to go collecting on the eastern side of the Sierras and it was always like a 50-50 split men and really? women. Yeah, and How and, cool and, is and that? so it was just like it it was again like my perception is is super skewed but one of the big conversations when I came back as I was going to all these clubs and traveling the first three years out of my apprenticeship is how do we get more young people? How do we get more young people? How do we get more young people? This is like clubs are dying. How do we get more young people? And that is not, I, I'm sure there are still clubs that that are potentially asking that question, but I don't hear that question asked nearly as much anymore because there are a lot more young people involved in bonsai. And I think some of that is due to the availability of information via the way that it is digested, which is available yeah. on the internet now. Like we created Mirai Live. Uh, there are other professionals that are teaching online as well. And this is creating 
I'm guessing, an access point in an, a, a form that is recognizable and uh, digestible and um, accessible, right, for a younger generation. And I wonder with that question dissipating if there is an access point that makes bonsai safe or accessible to women where this question will no longer be asked of why are there not women in bonsai i just i go there because of the fact that i encountered that question so much how do we get young people involved and i don't hear it as much anymore which could be my lack of exposure to it not traveling nearly as much but also i see a lot of young people involved so i don't ask that anymore but i'm wondering if there is an actionable point maybe it's because you're asking and so i think that even in this discussion itself, it's mm -hmm. so important to bring it up and acknowledge it because mm -hmm. it is something that we don't typically even talk about. Like people are like, oh, really? It's it's mostly men in bones? I didn't mm -hmm. know. But to talk about it, I think, gets us to the first step. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and it also corrects some of the mis uh, some of the misperceptions. I mean, you just told me a whole bunch of women that I didn't know, and I'm and and your experiences. I haven't had those experiences. Mm -hmm. I just pick up a magazine, and there's no women in it. Yeah. And I come to a class, and there's no women. But I go to the clubs here, and there's women. Yeah. Now, one of the thing about young people, this is an expensive hobby. Sure. But it doesn't have to be if you're young because you can start if you can learn and if you can learn how to collect, you don't have to have a $400 Japanese mm -hmm. pot. You know, you can do a lot of, as you develop and you, you know, uh, have time and you can work and such, uh, you can do some of those things, but it can be very expensive and it takes a lot of time. And some people are busy going to school and raising their kids and stuff. And they may just feel like they don't have time. But I think the major thing now is what you said, the availability of information. Now, there's a lot of crap out there because yeah. I've read all of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, my God. It's a part of the process. Oh, there's some stuff. I go back once in a while now and just look. It's just to kind of dip into some YouTube stuff. And I'm like, huh, wow. But, I mean, it's just, you know, I... I Nobody made any sense. <laughs> Nobody yeah. made any sense. Um, now some of them I look back and there's some some good information and stuff. But yeah, you see somebody, and that's why I went home and took that hemlock and bare-rooted it and mm -hmm. chopped it all off because that's what that guy did on that YouTube with that nursery thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's washing off the roots of this pine, you right, know. <laughs> Just um, you know, so I think the accessibility, but I think you're when you start to talk about something, it changes. And I think people do talk about this now about women because it's becoming more, it's not just in a magazine that is so limited and ex, it's exposure. It's become, there's been more exposure here. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's hard to tell here it's really exposed, but you, you look around and there's more clubs developing and it's not just this little insular thing of a few older guys doing it. Right. You know, it's because people are a little more interested and they might know somebody who saw, or they might have a doctor who said, look this guy up, mm -hmm. which is what I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> bonsai Mirai, look it up. That's funny. I tell <laughs> oh, my doctor you. to look up Bonsai Mirai. Do you? And she yeah. does. Oh yeah. She's a huge fan of our site. Oh, Every time she's, nice. like, she's like, how's the bonsai business? Yeah. 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 No. Well, 
I think too, and I and I do have to say, like a lot of my hesitation, obviously being male, and this is a tough. It's a tough avenue for to know how to speak about it and not. You know, there's there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of trepidation. I think even in probably, and I don't know if this applies to anybody else. I can only speak for myself, but there's trepidation in speaking about it and not and, and 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 speaking about it correctly so that it's not offensive and that you don't cross any of those taboos or you know things that you shouldn't have said or things that you were idiot idiotically not aware of right oh and, i can't know like any it. of that until you, you talk you about can't it. Yeah. and then do you want to be the person that said that that you know is is the insensitive or the unknowing or or the, you know the one that definitely spoke about it in a way that that was not cool. Hey, it, that doesn't that doesn't stop with you as a male person, a male talking about it. I feel I'm you know I I'm thinking oh the comments that I'm saying, I we all feel trepidatious about talking about some of these things about you know talking about our different groups because we don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but we need to be able to talk about, oh, there's this tradition that I see this thing and I know it's not universal and it's not just this. There's just, there's, you know, things are, uh, um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. That's things good. are things oh, are, are stereotypes. <laughs> I know it's so cute. They're both yeah. contagious. Yeah. No, I mean things are stereotypes for a reason. I mean, or there's stereotypes, or there's for a reason because most, you know, a lot of things look like that. There's mm-hmm. there's there's exceptions, but there are a lot of things. And one of the things that's real is there's a lot less women in bonsai. Mm-hmm. Right. That's real. Right. Yeah. And everything you know, that we can we sit talk and talk about, about yeah. a whole bunch of women, but there's a whole lot less than than there were, except for it's starting to change. And mm-hmm. it is, you're right, it's changing. And I think it might be here. But things are changing here in bonsai that perhaps aren't happening in different places. I I, I, I think you're one. And I think, what were you going to say? Because you were speaking to that. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, like, you know, me and Shelly here, we don't we don't speak to you know every woman, every woman, right. or every woman in bonsai either. Right. Um, I'm not even in bonsai really. I mean, I'm just in the business side of it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, anything that we say also has to be taken you know with the grain of salt. Yeah, of, of course. Of our experiences. Yeah, exactly. It, I, it's a conversation. It's a conversation that needed to be had with women who are involved in bonsai in order for me to at least feel comfortable because I've tried, I've tried, right? Like yeah. I tried dabbling with it in the conversation with Malia, Stephanie and I talked about it with architecture. And there was afterwards, I listened to the conversation. I was like, yeah, there's more, there's more that could have been said. There was better ways that it could have been asked. Um, and, and sort of a progression of the conversation that, that could have occurred that, that didn't because of whatever, I whatever know what insecurities it is. or something, you know, I think I know what it is. Huh? They didn't want to talk about it. They mm. wanted to talk about their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that sometimes, and believe me, I'm not at all insulted to come and talk about this at all because I I do want to talk about. We've talked about a lot of other things, and my art at this point has not progressed enough for me to be. Oh, I want to talk about my art. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think women, those two women, are at a level Very, of, yeah, of their definitely. of their skill and as such. is Maria. Yeah, exactly as is Maria. Uh, they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They don't. Want, I mean, they don't maybe they separated. do, or nobody. You know. But I'm. I, I imagine it. They get tired. Uh, 
you know, if there are very few women in me medicine and there used to be, it's not the same anymore. I'm sure a lot of those women got really tired of being asked about why are there more women? How it is an important conversation and I'm glad that we are having it. And I think in some way it's, it's really cool to have, have Eve and have meet the two of us because there are, there are some generational differences um, to talk about it because I don't have a great deal of art yet in, in this situation mm -hmm. to talk about. You build, you're, you're I've building, got ideas building about your art. skills. You're accumulating yeah. your right. I've your got all kinds of ideas and, yeah. about art, but not mine. You know, not not at this point. Uh, well, but hang on, but hang on, because because as much as I can respect that, I still feel like the female bonsai artists that I know that I know or at least have engaged with on that level have. And not universally, but this this conversation and question has come up, and, and they too have weighed in on the subject. But then, when she, then speaking about it publicly, and it's asked, and you say they want to speak about their art, which I also respect, and I also respect they don't want to be a spokeswoman for every other woman in bonsai. I get yeah. that, but there hasn't really been a woman in bonsai who's handled this question head on and who has helped open that dialogue so yeah. if every woman that is proficient at bonsai that you ask is like don't talk to me about being a woman in bonsai i want to be represented as a as a as a great bonsai artist and not be you know put into this box limited to a female bonsai artist which i totally respect and appreciate and obviously i don't experience that so i don't know what that feels like i i know what it feels like to be a gaijin in japanese bonsai and not okay. thought to have the capacity to be equivalent to a Japanese bonsai uh, practitioner. I've been there, but that doesn't mean I understand the gender stereotype in any way, right? But if nobody, if these proficient women are not willing to engage with this question, then the conversation does not move forward. Right. And it's like you said, this is how it happens is a conversation. I'm not, I'm not trying to say this isn't important. I think it's really important. Uh, Maria, uh, in her, in her answer to that, when you asked her about women, she said, I just trying to, I just, don't think about it. I try not to think about it most of the time. And she kind of put it over there. And I thought, yeah, that's what a lot of us do. We put it over, over here. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just don't even, I don't have time to fight that battle today. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and, and that's why it isn't talked about. And then, you know, for a long time, if you're of my age group, if you started talking about this stuff, you're a feminist. You're a <laughs> feminazi. I don't know. You just, you got so much negative blowback. It's like, oh, shut up about the no, no women, blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot of negative, negative mm -hmm. blowback when you started saying, well, there aren't very many women here. Why is that? Um, that doesn't happen anymore. I think it's, a, I think it's really safe now, which it didn't used to be so much to me because seriously, you can get some real blowback. It's really safe, I think, to talk about. And I think it is important to talk about areas where, you know, why, you know, it's like so many years ago. Well, why aren't there more, you know, Westerners doing bonsai, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, to storm into the, you know, the California group and say, why aren't there more Westerners in here? Right. Well, yeah. even if it was all men, it's just, yeah, why aren't course. there more, you know, so if you don't ask that question and you don't have some people coming in and saying, no, I want to do this, mm -hmm. um, then that doesn't move forward. And I think, 
it has to be asked. It has to be. But I think a lot of the professionals are probably so sick of talking about it. But I don't. But I don't think anybody's talked about it. They don't. But, but, but that's, that, that's this is the whole. This is my but, whole point. No, I'm because talking every about... t- every time we try to talk about it, it ends up being couched, and the question continues to be asked, and then I leave the, this conversation going, "Fuck, we got <laughs> no farther down this." Godforsaken fucking conversation. I right. have no more clarity. There's no more. There's no more opportunity or openness. There's no more uh, capacity to find that catalyzing moment that allowed youth into bonsai that potentially may exist, potentially doesn't exist, and I'm not going to be the one who pot- probably identifies it because I don't know what that limitation is or what that feels like. But, but I do believe bonsai needs to be equally accessible, equally as appealing. And I do believe that if you look at the fact that even though bonsai may be slower on the come up than other art forms and aspects of creative applications that have found more gender neutrality in the populations that pursue them, there seems to still be a limitation that if the if the question is going to be answered and if women who engage with bonsai do recognize that they are either alone or they find value in it and don't understand why other women don't engage in it at some point somebody is going to have to sit down and have this conversation and right. add some clarity so if we're going to leave here today i'm going to be equally as frustrated as every other conversation i'm not looking for an answer but i'm also not looking for it to be couched as well we didn't really want to talk about it well i'm not saying i don't want to talk about it and you said <clears throat> i think you what you had said and i totally i i, I hear you i think what and you i'm had directing said- that at you too <clears throat> Eve, because this is a question that you have had right and we've talked about a lot and we're opening the forum to this conversation taking place to say hey what's your impression like just give us something um, well, I, I want to loop back to something okay. really quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you, you off. You I'm going to turn said... on the lights. <laughs> hold that thought. Yes, let's, let's <laughs> both hold that thought. But no, what we were talking about was you, you had said that, uh, you and Maria had, um, talked about it and maybe you and other, uh, artists, female artists had talked about it, but in a professional forum, like on the podcast, et cetera, it just kind of got cut off. Mm-hmm. Is you had talked about so is that correct? Did I misunderstand that they that you'd actually had that conversation, but in a public yes thing yes, exactly. it got cut up. That's okay. exactly what I'm All saying. Right. So what no, kind whether of a- whether whether Maria and I had talked about it, which Maria and I had not had that conversation, yeah. but there are other female bonsai practitioners where that conversation has been had. And then I think in, in the setting of a capacity to communicate it about it on a, on a greater (laughs) platform, we don't want to go there. And that, Mm -hmm. and we, as in that question wasn't fielded with any sort of continuation of the conversation. Part of that is because I think personally, part of that reluctance to talk about it is a, because they're like, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to talk about me as a female artist any more than you want to talk about you as a male artist. And B, I don't want to get labeled as, you know, a feminist because mm-hmm. it honestly used to be a dirty word. <laughs> I don't know whether it is anymore. It's, it's, it's kind still, of a good word now, but it, it is, depends but on I who mean, you're talking to. Really. And it still does depend on what you're talking about. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, older men, but feminists can be so, so feminist or whatever you want to call that, you know, somebody who's, you know, 
uh, honestly bitching about not, you know, being, not being, uh, equal or not being treated the same. Mm -hmm. That's, you don't want to get, I mean, and cause I've been in that, you don't want to get painted as, as, uh, that, I mean, sometimes I'll be, make fun of it, you know, cause I'll, I'll be, I'll perceive that I'm being, you know, uh, looked at as a girl. <laughs> oh, there's the girl, you know, doctor or whatever. I mean, in the, in the past or just like the Hey Medical student, just mm-hmm. being, just being lumped into some category and, and sometimes I'll laugh about it. But if I really perceive it, I'd probably uh, approach it loudly if I felt like it was worth it. And I think sometimes it's a not worth it because just like in that, it's just like in that critique you had, you thought you were doing a good job, you're being right. fair, et cetera. But you changed the way you did some things because that was not, you know, hey, you learned some stuff and perhaps people will respond better to something. One of the things I, that's a sidebar, I'll talk about it later. Mm. Anyway, but there's that as a female, I think that as, as a woman personally, and I'm like, Eve said, it's just me talking. When you make any complaint about this, mm-hmm. you just feel like you're exposing yourself for just a world of shit. Yeah. You know, people going, oh, here we go again. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's the excuse. It's not because she's a woman, it's because she's crap bonsai artist. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I mean, whatever it is. So, so, well, there's that. But why are no, there are not more women there? Because you're afraid of that kind of stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you go into a room full of people who are A, really good at it or pretend like they're good at it, at it um, and you see that. In bonsai yeah. clubs, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of guys of in, in there, guys, and I'm sure there's women, um, uh, but uh, at least here in the Pacific Northwest, there's women. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're like bluster, you know, uh, talk, talk a game. Sure. Um, and, but if you go into that room, you're going to be intimidated because you're a newbie, bitch. If you see nobody that you can relate to from a, for on any standpoint, I don't know what they're talking about. They're all older than me. You know, why aren't young people going on? Or they're all a lot younger than me, you know, uh, all of these things. And you just feel like, unless you really want that thing, which is kind of where I came in is I really wanted Mm -hmm. it. It was a little scary to walk into my first class and realize I was the only woman. I wasn't surprised, but uh, that I was by far much further down, you know, uh, a, a newbie than everybody in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's scary, but yeah. So maybe we so lose it's a lot not, of women at like yeah. the entry level phase, because that's when you're first introduced to the fact that, Oh, there might not be so many of us here. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's just like with well, the first time you go to any club sure. in your life yeah. and then you have that one first day bad experience, it can definitely turn you off to the entire experience. Yeah. And I but wonder here, not here, if, not here though. It, it, so but, cool. But it it sounds to me like if there was just an all woman's bonsai group, that you don't want that either. No. Ugh. It sounds no. to me like it sounds to me like that's not a solution. Not even. Right. No. No. So so it's almost like what I'm hearing, and I could I could be wrong, but I'm trying to interpret what I'm hearing is there are a lot of valid, um concerns and avoidance of 
stereotypical judgments that are lobbed a woman's direction if they are vocal about the lack of accessibility or unwelcoming nature of aspects of culture and life if you vocalize those as a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are also those inherently, whether it's culturally trained, which I'm assuming it is a culturally trained response to that, which is let's not rock the boat. Let's yeah. not open the door to those things. Let's let's not be called a feminist and just forget about bonsai. Was, it it, it uh, could have been a good idea, but you know what? It's not worth it. Is that am I understanding that? Is that where I, Well, I think there, I think that women sometimes and I think all of us have whether male or female kind of make a judgment as to is this really worth it? And you know, bonsai is a pretty big I mean, it seems like a little thing and it really can be, and it should be to start off little, mm -hmm. but it can be incredibly intimidating because it's not just this little thing. It's this huge, once you open that door, you're like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happened to me. It's just, especially lately, those lectures, I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> now they're fantastic. I love having them. I love having them so I can... Rewind. You're like a dog at a fire. That's how badly I want you to know that information. Oh my I'm God. like, I'm like, take yeah. that. <laughs> All <laughs> of it. This is an advertisement for the online classes. Oh my God. Andy, I haven't Andy advertised said, this yeah, yet, but they'll I'm be coming in the future. No, Andy, yeah. Andy uh, uh, emailed me. Hi, Andy. Uh, had emailed me and said, Boy, I'm glad you felt the same way. I was just, it was just so intense. Yeah. And and Brian said the same thing for mm. his, yeah, it's just intense. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I think sometimes things that are uncomfortable is like, oh, it's it's not worth it or whatever. But you know, it does honestly, if I'm gonna get just got bonsai does sometimes feel like a bro culture, mm. even here at Marai. And you've got a lot of female employees. Um, but it does feel like kind of a bro culture. We're gonna have, we're about ready we're about ready to have a, a female dominated uh, staff staff Bring which in. Yeah. I love that yeah. yeah yeah and I mean I tried I tried with the MMA man I tried to throw down with the MMA oh that's <laughs> right yeah you guys do your MMAs yeah my my dad doesn't watch that either he goes you did you, you did you, you I did you did, I did. Uh, yeah yeah Eve's like, dad is is he, definitely not, not into it. it he's like yeah. oh, I'm not I just into I came up and I said one time one time because Darlene Sisson did it. Hi, Darlene. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of these wonderful. I mean, there's a woman in bonsai, and she got into it because her husband, because his family, and he got into it. And then she's, you know, those two are just, you Wait, know, Darlene wants, Darlene's going to be a black belt. She's, oh, she's going to be a black belt. I've seen her stuff. She's, mm -hmm. she's amazing. Be a black belt. And she's, she's the same. She's just like, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're they're the those two are a powerhouse. You know, they're bringing they're bringing bonsai to bringing the, the desert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I cannot wait to get my first sage. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my god, I'm oh, so man. excited. I'm going. That's gonna. That's my next collection. Do you watch the sagebrush stream? Oh, Dude. I want to all this stream. <laughs> I can. But excuse me, with the whole COVID thing, there are so many streams. Can you keep I, up? I, I can't. Oh, really? I have to quit my job. <laughs> I've got a job. No, well, I've been uh, trying. I mean, we don't have anything else to do. So, <laughs> I know. So, that I know. was ours. We're yeah, just but one content. of the things I noticed, yeah, we're totally sidebarring here for a minute to, you know, we're breaking the tension. Must have been the beer. We're, we, we're breaking the we, tension. We, yeah, we did. Yeah. No, but, but I, I noticed with the, the mini streams, with nobody else in the studio, hardly, you know, 
you're just really talking really fast and you're really into it. And I just, you know, I was just like, this guy needs to have people around. You need some more people. <laughs> you're just, I, yeah. I mean, you're just exploding with energy and not and information. And I, and I felt like you need to, you know, it's because the classes aren't there and some uh-huh. of it, you're not, you're not having that outlet. Well, now na- when you do it, it's you're a just, really <laughs> interesting a, window into my stream of conscious as I'm working on a tree. Like my my mind when I'm working on bonsai is moving so rapidly uh, because I don't have to think about my actions. Right. So, so it, it's like if you take away all of the subconscious stuff that you do to move my arms and take a sip of beer with bonsai because it's become such a subconscious action it just becomes very cerebral for me and i think that's what you get is a lot there's a lot more down just like this sort of barfing of information but yeah i'll try to slow it down that's good feedback thank you <laughs> no I, lo- I love it it's just i just noticed it was like you know how how uh i listened to uh uh podcast but also uh like uh, books on tape and audible now has this thing where you can listen to it at 1.1 1.2 you're at about 1.7 <laughs> lately you were at about 1.2 you've jumped up to 1.7 and i'm thinking can i turn my computer down a little slow down there? i had somebody say that to me yeah. they're like we listen to everything at 1.5 but we can't listen to you at 1.5 we gotta stick at one and if we could slow it down further we would and i'm just like wow i'm so unaware but i know my sensation is to continue to maintain keep up with the train of thought because it all like it's like a spider fracture and i'm trying Mm -hmm. to like run you down each of those seams of information why i don't watch it live anymore mm. i don't watch it live anymore because i need to be able to stop process go back look at it expand it etc because the density of information that's happening lately. Mm. I mean, it's dense and, and you think it's gotten, it's gotten more dense lately. You know, I, I think so. Yeah. I, and I think, and I'm, I'm hearing it from other people it is, you know, from the, some of the people in my our class, you know, the same, same thing. And we talked about it on our zoom session of four hours. Do your other Zoom sessions, have they gone that long? No, that was the longest one. That was really long. Mm-hmm. And it was not dead space. There was just there was no it was dialogue. Space. It was just, it wasn't quite four hours, but it was closing on it. Um, You know, you could hear it. We were all saying the same thing was, whoa, you know, this mm. was a lot. It was a lot. And um, um, I'm getting a lot more comfortable as a woman in my classes in my second year mm-hmm. and also adding a second class. Um, can I do three classes next year? Sure. <laughs> Sneak that. I am going to, I'm going to well, have to ne- just quit my job. Next, I can't well, quit I, my job because I won't be able to afford it. But, but you're, yeah. you're pretty close to being done with your job. So I yeah. mean, next year, Black Belt Academy starts. All right. That's right. That's not what it's called, but it's not what it's the called. Best. I like that as the name. I'm it's kind of tight, right? It. I was, it's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, Darlene and Ira, could you make the t-shirts, please? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were the ones that came up with it. I know with yeah. the black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ira, the challenge has been laid yeah, down. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's probably got five t-shirts. I just talked to him the other night. We talked for like three and a half hours on the phone. Yeah. I just uh, I uh, did a instagram facetimey whatever thing with them i hadn't talked to them since the rendezvous mm-hmm. but you know we talk off and on uh 
via Instagram. Um, and uh, I love them. God, he's funny. But it's a wonder. The, the community. And she is a patient, lovely, lovely uh, human being. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a the, nut. The community around Mariah, though, is, is, is pretty cool. It the is pretty cool. The community is great. I tell you, community, community, if I didn't have the community, when I went to the rendezvous, that's what solidified. Well, no, it was that first, even though I killed that tree, it was the generosity of the people there who stopped me and said, you know, that woman who sat me down, I think it's Jan actually. Jan Hedick, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Jan. Mm -hmm. Sat me down and talked to me. And then when she had to go man a table or something, she grabbed somebody and said, hey, talk to her about this. Mm -hmm. Grab some guy. He sat down. And then I think that was the first time I met Brandon, but I didn't realize he was doing, he was just sitting in a corner doing a tree. And I just went and sat down and talked to him. And I think of something he said, I was asking him about wire scars or something. And he said, I check them all the time. Every week I check my trees mm. and I do that now. Mm -hmm. I check them every week. I'm looking in today that today was wire removal day, yeah. you know, morning. It was, you know, cause I, I've only got 80 trees. <laughs> are you proud of me <laughs> i am proud of you i, <laughs> Most of I actually just, you i know. actually feel a, a small twinge in my heart just think like yay yay <laughs> yeah well part of it is because of the other and most of them are all you know in a my poor husband every year every year i'm like he's I need another bench. He said that that the Great Wall of China started out as a bonsai bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, good. it's just well, like, like first that. year was this one little bench, you know, it's like nice. It was sitting on the side of the greenhouse. It was really pretty. I was like, wow, that's great. I, I hope I can fill it. Mm. Then the next year, it's like this two-story L-shaped thing. And then the next year, it's this really long thing. And then... And uh, this, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's infectious. But when I was at the bonsai, it's at like the, the rendezvous. It's like the Rona. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Rona. It is. Uh, <laughs> when I was at the rendezvous, um, I met, well, I met uh, uh, Ira and Darlene because I'd asked them, you know, I'd, I'd kind of met them over Instagram, just kind of, you just sort of, you do, I mean, honestly, I've met some people, some bonsai people over Instagram that have become kind of friends, which is cool. Huh. Yeah. Used to be Facebook. Yeah. Now it's, it's Instagram. Moving. It's moving platforms. Yeah. Instagram is it's where it's where we're at now. Wow. It is the new platform because wow. all I want to look at on 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 Instagram is, you know, bonsai basically. Yeah. And a lot of it I'm just like bah, 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 bah. but there's some fantastic stuff. Bonsai bonsai Egypt uh, and uh Peter Warren. Yeah. But bonsai Egypt, well, I can't remember his Ian. Ian. Ian, his stuff, uh, he posts a lot of Ian's beautiful great. stuff. He's great. I, I love their stuff. I mean, it's not it's not Japanese. It's it's not bonsai. It's trees interpreted by an artist. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love what he's doing. I love what Peter's doing. I love seeing these trees. And those are the things that excite me and they're inspiring and stuff. But anyway, I um <laughs> I kind of met Ian and Darlene and I said, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna be at the rendezvous. Can you send me a let's let's meet up or something? Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and so I said, send me a picture so I know who I'm looking for. So he sends me this picture and they're both in costumes, <laughs> like bunny. I, I think one of them was a rabbit. I can't remember, but they're just like covered up and he's wearing sunglasses. And I was like, oh, that's going to be easy. 
that's going to be Feels easy. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just said, you know, you're going to have to look for me. I'm six foot tall. I'm blonde. Just that's pro- going to uh-huh. be probably easier. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but what if, was, what if they were wearing the bunny outfits at the rendezvous? <laughs> no, like no. they're literally like, no, this is what we are wearing. <laughs> no, I saw them. I saw them. I walked in, and they're both kind of lean. Oops, sorry. They're both leaning against a wall, and and Ira just sort of points at me. and goes, "That's her." <laughs> <laughs> it's the only six foot tall blonde in the room. You, yeah. yo, that's her. Anyway, so I I met them, and then I. Here's what you need, I think, and this is what young people need. This is what women need. This is what anybody who's a newbie needs. Mm. They need a buddy. They need a buddy who has some more experience potentially. They need a, they need, they need, and I met Brian Orca there. Oh yeah. Brian's good dude. Oh man. I just, yeah. What a mensch, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he came into my class, um, uh, he had bought the ticket where you could just go and watch people work and stuff. And he came into my class with Hagedorn and, you know, you could pick out your tree. It was like a lottery. You pick a number and there's so many trees left and he picked and he was standing there and he's, I was looking at some trees and he said that one. And I said, well, I was thinking that one or that one. He said, that one's got more. And he was right. Mm -hmm. And it was for me, especially for my level. I love this tree so much. It's one of my favorite. I mean, I'm proud of this tree. I'm proud of this tree. And he helped me pick out a really good tree. And later that night, that day or the next day, he said, uh, Anton, uh, Niehaus, this is one of Anton Niehaus's, uh, he collects, uh, uh, hemlocks up in Vancouver Island, uh, just for the listening audience mm-hmm. who probably all knows this, but yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, Anton, Anton, oh my God. Anton's, he, Anton's one of the, one of the sort of, I, I would say quieter. unsung, unsung heroes. He, he gets great material. So, Brian comes over and he goes, Anton's turned some of his prices down because he doesn't want to drag him back to Canada. You have to buy this tree. Mm. Drags me out there. Anyway, Matt Reel's standing going, he was about to buy it. Matt Reel, another bonsai professional here in the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, "Uh, I want that. And then I took it home and I sat, anyway, blah, blah, blah. That's my first tree I really did by myself. Mm. All winter long this winter. I'm really proud of it. Nice. I really, I'm so excited um, to buy because it's going to have a slab. I'm bringing it next fall. You're nice. going to help me pick the slab. Nice. Anyway, so, but having a buddy. So he took the, he took the tree back and he said, just come over and cause he lives in Albany. I live in Corvallis, North, he was in North Albany. He's got like 200 trees. He's got benches after benches after benches. He has been the most generous, lovely bonsai buddy. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a you have to have one. It makes you're not alone and you have somebody to bounce all that information you just got from Ryan. And you say, Well, so what I understand is blah, blah, blah. And he said, No. So yeah, that's right. But if you do 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 blah blah blah, and he can give me some anyway. I remember he said, Come over and you know, we can repot some trees because he's got so many and he's repotting. So I got lots and lots of experience potting trees, mm-hmm. which is great. And learning how to tie them down and doing all this stuff. Even though I had done that here, he had so many. You need, need to do it. And I, you know, it's I like one time I said to him, I was like, God, I'm just crap at wiring. He said, So you need to wire. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. People expect. People expect to be able to do bonsai well, quickly. Everybody thinks it's easy. 
everybody but, but even people that have done it they're like god i still suck and it's like whoa you've like wired like three trees you've like repotted <laughs> twice like what <laughs> i spent six years in japan doing this every day from you know 6 a.m to midnight yeah I, I, I you have said, a little respect, you know, and, like and I'm not, year, I'm not that like low on intelligence. I'm I, you know, like I can feed myself in the last two years though. You said, I feel like I'm just really getting good at this. Yeah. You said, you said, you know, you've said that yeah. and it's true. And I had my worst year ever. It, well, it, it comes and goes two steps forward. One step it back, does. Right? That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I you like have that. really good time. And then, you, yeah. Yeah. I think the overall bonsai community, because, you know, as you said, when you go to these online platforms, you do find a lot of hate and you do find a lot of uh, mm -hmm. disagreement. I think that the whole community could stand to prosper a lot more from just general supporting each other and like finding that buddy and finding mentorship. that person. Mentorship. Yeah. And, nice. and there's this kind of, um, in, there's, I think that there's an ingrained, um, kind of like hate or, or down talking in the community that's been going on for so long. And, mm -hmm. and because it is such an ancient art form and there, even when you were in Japan, you experienced this, this hierarchy and, and, um, as much as we hate it, it's, it, that part has come back to the Western world as well, where, yep. you know, I'm, I know the most I will teach you and what you know is wrong, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. looking at it as yeah. more of, you know, a mentorship, a partnership rather than, you know, a teacher and idiot student. Type. Well, and it started that way. It started that way with, when I, when, when the, I, I think there were camps that were established inside of the Japanese Americans that were finding their places post-World War II and Masi Mizumi was in the Bay and John Naka was down South and Yuji Oshimura was in New York. And, and I'm sure there are several more distributions of these sort of localized areas, but I think there was a mentality. This is where I think Michael Hagedorn is such a, a significant figure beyond his capacity in bonsai and all the things he continues to do is when I called him and I said, hey, would I step, be stepping on your toes coming to the Pacific Northwest? The, the goal, the, the model for success up to that point in bonsai was to find your own place where there was nobody else and not have any competition. And this was the staking your claim. And Michael Hagedorn's like, come on out, let's do this. Let's have a bunch of people here. And this was a monumental mm -hmm. shift. You Seeing know, it as a partnership. It, it, it was a collaborative guy. community now. Yeah, it really is. And he's, that's, he is emblematic from what, to what I have seen here. Is, I mean, mm -hmm. his his that kind of thing is exactly what I've seen in well in Bsop Portland but, Bsop. But this was great. This is when we had Lee Cheadle and Bob Laws on here, and same guys. And thinking about yeah, exactly and and Lee Cheadle, you know, giving credit where credits due, where there maybe was at least from what I've been told, a good old Gold Boys Club and Bob Laws was sort of the original dismantling of an exclusive community to be more inclusive. And the trickle-down effect of that, which, Eva, I think you have a really solid point here. Maybe the limitation is not gender-specific, but maybe how you make it accessible to everybody is by changing the, um, the tribal nature of bonsai or yeah. the, the camps and instead look at it as a community to collaborate and interact on a positive level. I think that's a really strong point. I think it's not I, I think it's not a coincidence that we see more women in the Pacific Northwest doing bonsai 
Hmm. When you have people like Michael Hagedorn and Lee Cheadle, and this is before you got here, sure. Lee Cheadle, I mean, Lee Cheadle, mm-hmm. is there is there any more generous human being when it comes to bonsai knowledge and showing up and being there and wanting to help? Yeah. I mean, not that I've experienced. No. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he's like the embodiment of what I have seen in the P- Pacific Northwest as far as, you know come, come in, mm-hmm. come in. We have plenty of, you know, it's like some, it's like somebody saying, we've got plenty of food, come in, join us, have yeah. dinner. That's exactly how he seems to be. And he, and you can see how he delights in when, when he can share that delight and then it comes back to, it, that's what you see. That I and, think that's universal for successful bonsai communities though, like to, Eve, to Eve's point and, and, and you're supporting, like when I, when you look at the thriving clubs around the country, BSOP definitely has stuck the flag in the ground and said, like, hey, we're all united here. You look at the Rocky Mountain Bonsai Society and Thomas Engelwitz and the community uh, around Denver and it start, uh, you know, Harold Sasaki and some of those original people really opened the door to making it accessible to younger people. Harold got me started. Harold got Will started. Harold helped Adam. Harold helped Todd. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking about now some some very significant contributions that yeah. Harold's Open Door Policy and the Rocky Mountain Bonsai Society has a, a thriving club, and I, and when you look at these areas where there is a thriving community, it's from an open door policy. It's from a collaboration, not competition. It's it's from that mentality that it seems to become a much more accessible, welcoming place, and it's it, it makes sense that that would be welcoming and accessible to everybody i would think or at least hope that that would be what it equates to i don't know if that's you know 100 percent crossover but it feels feels appropriate yeah yeah and you know I, I when you say that i i you know i'm speaking from the, on, the only knowledge i have which is here there's probably a lot a lot more inclusive you know uh uh clubs in las vegas and you know darlene and ira i'm sure that I'm sure that they're, well, they're trying making to build. That culture. They're making that culture, and I'm sure that that is happening other places Jim than Doyle just here. In Nature's Way, where yeah. Jennifer Price got her start, right? Uh, yeah, make, absolutely. Would make exactly. sense that you know yeah. Jim is an extremely, I think, an extremely welcoming person. Exactly. So it's happening. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it is happening. One of the things when you and and I think it's just as important, and maybe even more, that not only you know more women more young people is what you were talking about, more young people. And I'm wondering if, because I was thinking about that body system, because without Brian's help and without his encouragement, I wonder how, I I mean, he's really helped me down that path because I come here and then I go home and I have somebody to sit and go, hey, can I, can I process this? Or I love this. One of the second times I came over, I'm repo- I, he goes, he has like hundreds of pots and he gives me a tree and he goes, go find three tree, three pots for this and defend your choices. <laughs> <laughs> defend your choices. Yeah. I was like, oh, great. This is back in art school. But to have somebody, you know, to have friends like that, that'll help you. But I wonder if like mentorships happen mm-hmm. at BSOP. I don't know. I mean, mentorships Happens, for y- happen at BSOP. Yeah. Have do you ever they heard do? of the mentorship program that they do started? They? I don't know. I'm not, I mean, oh. I'm a member. I'm never there though. BSOP. So if you're, they a, do have one, that's if fantastic. you're an entering member at BSOP mentorship program means 
you know nothing about bonsai, you sign up for mentorship, you come. They have trees, pots, and materials. Oh, they great. teach you from the ground up. Joanne Rayton and and several uh I know um oh she moved wonderful. Uh she studied with us at Mirai. She moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Ah. Anyways, so, uh yeah. anyways, several so several several yeah. talented bonsai uh I'm, practitioners I mean, created surprised. the created the curriculum for the mentorship program. Now the recipe for success. Three years of mentorship program at BSOP where you have somebody that you can talk to, ask the questions. It's huge. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's, amazing. Yeah, and that's the, probably yeah, why their, their very, club has gone from... Eileen. Eileen. Eileen Knox. Yep, Eileen Knox. I remember the, the name. Wonderful. I'm a wonderful member, but being. I never get up there because I don't have And, and another time. extremely and talented have, female bonsai practitioner. Yeah, and Joanne and Eileen. And, and, and they also have the, the 101 and the, you know, where you just bring a tree and you can just work and lease there mm -hmm. and... Yeah, and Roger Case and all these, you know, these people that just show up and and talk. So mentorship, I think, is is critically important. Um, and if you're in a place where you don't have a like, you know, down down at Corvallis, I don't have time to to develop a club. I I'd rather, you know, I'm hoping that I'm just going to get up here for the because this is this club is so good. Yeah, um, the Salem Club's quite good. Lee will come down there sometimes. But mostly it's about, it is, it's so important to have a community. And I think you have to have, you have to have some community that feels sort of like you, mm. you know, that's mm -hmm. the thing. And I think you that's probably in some way. that you connect with it. And that's probably why there's been a dearth of women in bonsai, because that club, there, there weren't enough people in there that felt like them or like me or whatever that, that, it doesn't stop us all. It doesn't stop everybody, but it's an impediment. It really mm -hmm. is. It's a. It's just an extra speed bump. That it's an extra speed bump, and if you're sort of kind of, I don't know, boy, this is kind of a lot of time, and I, well, I don't know, maybe I'll never figure this out. You get one extra speed bump of I don't see anybody in there that I feel any resonance with, or you know, easily. That's a speed bump that can cause a big, it's like, it's exactly what it is, yep. I th but it's changing. It's changing. And I think in 10 years, this will be a podcast we can just put away. Yeah. Could be a podcast. <laughs> you'll you'll have history. To, I think, you know, maybe it'll be a podcast you put away after listening to it. But, but, uh, um, I mean, I, I think it'll be just like 10 years ago is different. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. ever. I hope it's you're changed. right. I hope you're right. I hope it's not. I hope it's not uh, something that continues to be. Yeah. Can I start my beginner? Um, I would love to learn some bonsai at Mariah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is this is the beginning of this conversation, actually, because because Josh has been doing the beginner series sure, where sure. he's been yeah. learning, which is the best way to to relate to everybody anybody out there who has never done bonsai before is through the eyes of a beginner and eve's like i want to learn bonsai and i was like great let's will do you get it online? let's do it i mean will I you get on the stream it. oh i would love i mean I would seriously love you should have her because camera. she there you go you've mm -hmm. got you you've got it. somebody who's not a guy doing bonsai on the stream that helps. I, 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 asking I think, all the questions, I yeah. think that it's okay to ask I the questions. I think that's the whole. I think that's the whole point. Is yeah. is Eve's motivated to learn, and she's an incredibly talented artist already. I'm really curious what what she's What's going to what I'm she's going to interpret. With Wisteria. 
I've got some plans. You're going to start with a wisteria? Yeah. You already know that? Oh, yeah. Oh. I do, you want have a, do you have a wisteria? I don't know. Where can I get one? I, you just, you know what? <laughs> I've, I've decided I'm going to start calling all of the landscapers yeah. in Corvallis. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say, I know there's some stuff you're digging out that I need. <laughs> so, yeah. Super smart. It's super smart. There are bonsai people across the world in Europe. Uh, the UK, Australia, North America that have relationships with landscapers because there's constantly stuff being removed. Yeah, because I want a wisteria. I want a grape. I want a grapevine. I should have bought one of Dennis's at the rendezvous, but I didn't. You'll have more. I imagine. Well, You'll if we more. ever have another, <sighs> you could just call Dennis. He's got him. Can I? Well, <laughs> Brian. That's what Brian says. Just call him. I'm yeah, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't you know, think too hard about it. Is he in the white pages? I mean, how do you just call is Dennis? I, you know, I was like, what do you mean? Just I don't have him in my in my phone. But yeah, I'll, I'll get the phone uh, number. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Up, I'm sure there's a way to find Dennis. <laughs> Hook me up. Yeah. Yeah. So a wisteria. Why a wisteria? Yeah. I've just seen some really beautiful wisterias. I'm. I, I have to say, I'm really attracted to the flowering bonsai. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, that might be considered stereotypical, but you know what? I really love would love what a flowering dig. bonsai. It's what I dig. It's what I dig. I would really love to, like, I'm somebody who loves, and my housemates, we all love houseplants, and we are very much, like, we do some gardening, and um, and we definitely have lots more, like, aesthetic plants in the house, like monseras and orchids mm. that we take good care of. Um, but I just think, you know, you look at it and you're like, you look at this orchid and you're like, well, wouldn't it be so cool if you could pick the shape that it grows into? Yeah. Like, it's just the same concept. We have all these potted plants. Why don't we get to control and bend the way and shape the way that they're going? So I support you. I guess for me, it's, um, yeah, the, the plants that I'm interested in are more typically the flowering ones. However, I really do love a juniper. They scare me a little bit though, because mm. they look like they're always somewhat dying somewhat. I don't know with the orange tips and you got it. You, 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 <laughs> you can't use the current state of Mirai as, no, as a no, 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 no. I mean, I've seen my dad's growing up. I mean, I remember watching. Um, well, we moved so many times because we had he had uh, bonsai in France. I assume he didn't bring any of those back to the U.S. I don't, it probably but, wasn't yeah. possible. Um, but I remember we lived in Tucson, and so well, whatever bonsai survived there is what survived there. Um, not, many. <laughs> not, not many. Not many. And then we were in Colorado. Bonsai bonfire. Yeah, bonsai <laughs> bonfire is what it was. And then we were in Colorado, and then we were in California. So I'd seen a lot. I had seen throughout the years uh, quite a large graveyard of my dad's dreams. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and this is no offense to you, dad. Sorry. I know you're listening. He's crushing it now, though. He's crushing his, it his now. Trees He's got thriving. a tree on the stream. He's, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's got all kinds of goodness. Yeah, but I, I just think it would be really cool to... Um, yeah, I think I think deciduous in general, though, actually also just really appeals to me. Like yeah. the, the wonderful color of like... I think an aspen would be great. Mm. I love some maples. Yep. I just want to... The fall color is really exciting to me. I think I think the the uh, buffet or like the you know the multi course meal of bonsai is is what has started to appeal to me, and I think this is particularly after I've worked through some of the frustration <laughs> and anger. It was definitely anger coming back from Japan, which was like just you know sort of uh, herculean bonsai shapes and this big yeah. powerful gesture, and then you know you like process some of that out, and you're like, oh, I could do. I could do something that needs a little more finesse or something that is going to take more time and attention to the routine of it than the rapid, dramatic, forceful transformation, which is what conifers give you the capacity to do. I, I, I've found deciduous to be an absolutely fantastic outlet. 
Um, That's cool. I'm I'm getting I'm getting kind of deciduous curious mm-hmm. actually. Deciduous so. curious. Yeah. It takes it, it takes like time. A <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a lifestyle choice. Um, I I mean seriously. I mean you know I mean I Mariah's kind of conifer heavy, and I I live in the Pacific Northwest. It's kind of conifer heavy. I love my conifers, and it'll probably always be my. But I'm starting to really. I want to get some of this and some of that. I want an aspen. I really yeah. do. You I've, got us all yeah. wanting these aspens now that you did yeah. the aspens. They're, they're, yeah. they're fantastic. <laughs> yes. They're fantastic. And 2012, June of 2012, the American Bonsai Society had their annual event at the Rocky Mountain Bonsai Society in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, a demonstrator and a judge there. And one of the trees I chose for the top prizes was Will Kern's Aspen, which was then donated to the Denver Botanical Gardens. Um, but just seeing an Aspen for the first time, because it was, as so many things in bonsai have historically been labeled as impossible based on a lack of success by a few people that tried and didn't quite know the nuances, the care, the soil, all of the things you've got to work out, right? Sagebrush has been one of those things. Um, Beach. M- uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, but beach you were has always been. About, uh, with Dennis, I think about beach. I think didn't oh, you have birch. a beach? Birch, birch, not birch, 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 birch. Yeah, birch, birch. Absolutely, t- birch is back. another one. I yeah. would say mahogany birch. is is the most recent thing that I didn't know how it was possible, and I'm seeing people have success with it. It's like now aspen are not just it's not just possible, and it's not just possible for a year or two. It's possible to really put the time into an aspen. There will be the continual deconstruction of unfounded myths for as long as we are practicing bonsai of species that were thought to be impossible and the nuances and the quirks get figured out. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. awesome. It's unlimited. Flowering and fruiting, huh? Deciduous? Flowering and fruiting. Cool. Yep. Just, yeah, it's not just, just feminine. Something. I mean, Peter Warren's all about that. Yeah, uh, Peter the Warren's. Azaleas. I mean, yeah, it's all amazing. his azaleas are just stunning. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's there's a little bit of um, a bit more reward with the flower or the fruiting when that when it does kind of come. There out. is a payoff. There's, there's yeah. a serious payoff. Yeah. yeah. Conifers, conifers kind of give you the same thing. You're kind of you're, you're in there the whole <laughs> yeah. time. It's yeah. just it's there. You don't have that same payoff. I would agree. I would agree with that. You know what's interesting about Satsuki azaleas is in Japan, Satsuki azaleas as a as a bonsai subject is entirely separate from bonsai they obviously they're shown in the kokufu they cross over into bonsai but satsuki azaleas have their own exhibitions where there's no other tree but satsuki's and the yakuza are the biggest clients and practitioners of satsuki bonsai the most (laughs) manly tatted up missing their pinky finger (laughs) (laughs) underground criminal organization and they're like hey can i have that pretty flowering bonsai and this was here's this suitcase full of yen uh-huh, uh-huh, and chopped off fingers and i'll take the flowering tree you know it's just like yes fantastic oh thank you for deconstructing the stereotype that's awesome i don't know what yeah. to say about it i don't know i don't know i just I, I i love the idea of you being on the stream doing some beginner stuff and maybe focusing on deciduous that might be super cool um, you know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's call it. Let's call it. Let's call it. Let's make it happen. All right, everybody, yeah. look out. Here yeah. I come. Eve's coming. Eve's <laughs> coming. Hey, I, I uh, thank you for making the time to come up thank here and fun. being a part of it. Uh, it's really fun. Thoroughly enjoy working together. I can't wait until this whole uh, <sighs> you know isolation thing is over and we actually get to 
be back in a room again, everybody together. Yeah. I'll slow down my speech. It's okay. <laughs> we've put yeah. it we've out got, there. We've, we've got some ideas in the works for the yeah. mini stream. Yeah. The we've mini put streams it, we've are put so it out amazing. There. I love them. The, so the women in bonsai conversation. I feel like this is I feel like this was the, the biggest conversation that I've been a part of yet in terms of just engaging and having you both be willing to 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 speak to it more than try and brush it off. Yeah. Well, I've been happy to I've been really happy to hear what you've had to say about it, Shelly, because I I want to I've always wanted to know more about it, but I just I could never quite speak to it. So and you know, I I it's it's nice to be able to speak to it because I've had the same question and and I have the same trepidation. Please don't flame us out too much on the forum. But uh <laughs> be nice um, to us. It's you're right, right. I mean, it, just because it's uncomfortable doesn't need, mean that it doesn't need me to be talked about. But I think we kind of unveiled some, or you know, dug up some stuff. And I think a lot of it is, you just have to find some people. You know, find some people that make it like, like-minded, mm-hmm. like-minded, um, or you just uh, have to just dive in and say, here I am. And that happens. And both of those things happen. Yeah. I've done both of those things. Here I am. You know, I'm the only woman here and, and I've been welcomed. And 99% of the time you will, especially now because things are different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think normalizing the conversation allows us to get to that point where 10 years from now, it's not a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you for inviting me. It was super fun. Yeah, it was enjoyable. We got to have some good beer, have some yeah. good conversation. Exactly. It's what life, good life is all about. There you go. <laughs> good <laughs> views. The views are great. Good. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks. Thank you.